Hello and welcome to The Conversation. I'm Heil Russell. And I'm Jeff Onan. Jeff, it's been a hot minute, which is what I now refer to uh, seven months as, since we've discussed a Sea of Thieves season (laughs) here on The Conversation. And for those at home who don't follow along with Sea of Thieves, if it's not your forte, if it's not your, you know, if it's not your jam bag, uh... And you just if it's not your forte, if it's not your Sudeikis, if it's not your Armisen, yeah, we, you've made that joke before, Jeff. Have we? Yeah. No, there's no new thoughts. No, no. I've come up with a theory. There are no brand new thoughts left. Je- Jeff and uh, Jeff's brain and my brain. It's like Mario Kart tour content. We're just going to be recycling the old bits until we get shut off. <laughs> Greatest hits. Yeah, the Beach Boys are still doing it. Why can't we? <laughs> we. We cousin cousin Mike is is leading the show, but that's good enough. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they get John Stamos in there occasionally. Right, Uncle Jesse, you got to. Yeah. So, it, it, we haven't discussed Sea of Thieves seasons here on the conversation for a bit, not out of laziness or us eschewing our duty to discuss Sea of Thieves. Uh, it's because there hasn't been a new season since March. Since March, and that's a really long time to not have a new Sea of Thieves season. We'll we'll get into the reasons why. We'll we'll get into why this was yeah. such an unusual season, and why there's actually not a lot to discuss when we divorce the main subject, the the main talking point from season nine from this episode. But before we get into all of that. I would like to remind everyone that we have a Patreon. It's at dkvine.com forward slash Patreon. And Jeff, we've got big news on the horizon here at DK Vine. I don't want to spill the beans right now because I still need to have dinner. And what else am I going to eat if I don't eat these beans? But it will mean a lot more content coming your way from DK Vine. So you might be thinking, well, you know, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay, Heil, with just like this weekly podcast and the errant stream here or there. I don't need anything more. And I will say to you, tough, you're going to take it and you're going to like it. You're going to yeah. like what we serve you because it's going to be a smorgasbord of Donkey Kong Universe and Rare and Platonic content getting jammed in your mouth yeah how how can you have any pudding if you don't eat your meat and we're about to triple the meat this is a meat lovers podcast now (laughs) i didn't agree to that jeff i i was offering up a vegan smorgasbord for my own palate but I, i i suppose we can diversify our menu that's that's the great thing about having more content is we can appeal to more people by having some variety. So if you're like, oh, man, the conversation is talking about Sea of Thieves this week. I don't like Sea of Thieves. Well, in this new era of DK Vine that we're approaching, you will just have to sit tight for a day or two and you'll get something else coming your way. You won't have to just subside on a Sea of Thieves podcast for a week. So it's going to be really exciting. I don't want to get into all the details 
the reasons why here and now. But I do want to say the only way it's going to sustain itself is through our Patreon. So just head on over to dkvine.com forward slash Patreon. Throw a buck or, or two our way a month. And we can keep this perpetual motion machine of inanity going. So... Yeah, you can get the goods. You can uh, you go on the Patreon. You can join our Minecraft server. You can join our Discord server. We we've got it all. We, Minecraft and Discord. We might even have uh, a third server of some form or fashion in the works. That's a lie. I don't have anything planned there. But she serves she serves vegan food only. But we're looking to add meat soon. <laughs> It'll be sustainable meat. It'll be like worms and uh, and, and beetles and what have you. Yeah, see, I, I, I don't really know the difference between vegetarian and vegan. You can have, like, milk. No, that's... Vegetarians can have milk. Vegans uh, will not eat any product. No milk? No products from the What animals. about, like, can you eat... Can you eat, um... Bees? We can't eat bees. Honey is a thornier subject. That is a big debate in the vegan community about honey, how the honey is sourced, but generally no animal products. No, I don't know. I, 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 a, a bee is not an animal. Oh, you're one of those conspiracy theorists, are you? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't have like a soul, but we can get into that later. Uh, but, you know, if you want to support DK Vine, you don't just have to go to the Patreon because we've now created another avenue, and it's called t-shirts.com. It's not called that. What's it called? We, we are in the te- What's it called? We now? are in the textile game, Jeff, as the kids like to say. And we've got our own merchandise shop on T Public. You can find us at dkvine.com forward slash merchandise if you find the word T Public to be nonsensical. But we have a we have, we have new shirts and products every month. Uh, it's not just t-shirts. We got we got an art print now. We've got a magnet. I don't know what else we're going to come up with. <laughs> we're, we're really stretching the limits of the imagination. Are, vegan, are vegans allowed to use magnets? Yeah, yeah. So long as you don't, you know, use, use like uh, animal hides in your magnets. Yeah, just like don't stick uh, two magnets and let them uh, collide together with like a bee in between. Yeah, don't don't be squishing Can't... Your, your bugs in my magnets. But this month, Jeff, we have the World One Tourism Shirts. If you are a fan of a certain orangutan-themed lake from the third entry of a primate-starring trilogy uh, in in a 16-bit era, then this is the shirt you've been waiting for. And I've listened to feedback. We we only had the shirt available at launch in uh, mud brown. And people said, uh, you know, I'm muddy enough. All my clothes are muddy. I don't need any more muddy clothes because I refuse to do my laundry. So I said, all right, all right. This shirt will now be available in addition to mud brown in asphalt gray and night black. So uh, we, we've diversified this line right out under your nose. So uh, you, you now... So donate donate to Patreon, buy our t-shirts... Yeah. Yada 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 yada. Uh, Heil, I have my I have my own website now, Jeff. And if ordinarily, Heil. ordinarily, I would say uh, 
this is like you're cheating on DK Vine. But the truth is, uh, we're we're uh, we have an open. It, it's thing. it's a throttle. It's ethical. It's it's we've we've we have an arrangement. We, we do. And my other website, if you want to check it out, the Sea of Thieves blog that I run. Yeah. Uh, this episode will be about Sea of Thieves. So hopefully, if you're listening, you care about Sea of Thieves. If you want to keep up with what's going on in the game. Uh, guides to content, walkthroughs, and just posts about upcoming news and mm. things of that nature. You can check it out. It's a blog. It's called Golden Sands Blog Post, hosted on medium.com. Uh, you can also find it at uh, dkvine.com slash golden sands blog post. Is that right? That's right. Although I should update it to sh- uh, Port Merrick blog post as well. No, no. No, no. No. We don't we don't acknowledge that. That's not part of our lore. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, and you can also follow me on X Ew. slash Twitter. Ew. <laughs> Ew. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could, but like, I don't recommend it. That's like eating bees. But if you want to eat some bees, X slash Twitter at Golden Sands blog, and you'll see tweets or X. Sits. I'm not sure. Has anybody made the uh, X marks the spot joke in the Sea of Thieves community? I'm pissed off that they haven't done it with the brand Xbox. Yeah. Uh, X Xbox is a console, and it's Sea of Thieves is on it, and they have not once done like a commercial for Sea of Thieves that's like X marks the spot. Get it on Xbox. The Series X marks the spot. You're a pirate now. Like they've they've not done it once. Somebody just puts a shovel into their console and it just sparks fly out. Yeah. I mean there's treasure in there. There's probably rare earth metals. We're killing the planet and everything. Yeah. Um killing the bees, check that's it for out. sure. I think we saved the bees. Did we that save the bees? I, I haven't I haven't kept up on the bees lately. I last I heard they were in I a think danger. We no, we got rid of the chemical. Oh. And we saved the bees. Kind of like how we saved the ozone already. Okay. Um and the bees. So so, so we, we can we can but, save but, the planet but if keep we on try. top of it. New 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 problems keep coming out. They come out with new ones. So yeah. kind of like how new content in Sea of Thieves is usually coming out at a regular cadence, season wise. Yeah. Now we have too many bees <laughs> and they're just taking over. They saved the bees, and now we have, like, a bee problem. Yeah. It's like, oh, God. We have to introduce a predator to the bees. Well, uh, just keep eating dude, them, Jeff. You'll take care of it. I know we're going to talk about Sea of Thieves. Yeah. I do have to say, Lions just won. All right? Sorry to any Tampa Bay fans. Sorry, Bucks. But, uh, you know, one Detroit, one Pride. All right, Detroit against everybody. Let's go. Uh, 20 to 6, final score. So... Put that in your pipe and smoke Jeff, it. Jeff, I have to be honest. At first, like for, for the first half of that statement you were making, I thought you were making the argument that lions would be the predator to take out the bees. And I was with you <laughs> right, until they eat bees. I was with you until you started talking about Detroit. And I was like, I don't think they could withstand that climate. Uh, there are lions at the Detroit Zoo. I've seen them. Yeah, but they have to put like heaters on them in the winter, right? Who knows? You don't go in the winter. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> There's literally no way to find out this information. There's no way to know. Probably a zookeeper, but I'm not him. So let's talk about Sea of let's Thieves. Let's talk about Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves Season 9, the long one. They uh, they launched this back on March 16th, 
like right before the uh, right before the fifth anniversary of Sea of Thieves. And to show you how long this was, this was kind of like uh, launching in Rare's native homeland and, and for us here on the DK Vine staff, it, it launched right on the precipice of springtime, right? Uh, when we're doing yes. this episode, I've got my pirate on the thumbnail art juggling pumpkins because it's Halloween time now. And um, se- season nine, just, just, uh, I don't, they didn't expect it to last this long. Rare. Right. Let's put it this way. When it started, we were still in the throes of March Madness basketball season. And now when it has it, it has not yet ended, it will end this upcoming week, season nine. Uh, we're well into football season. Yeah. We're halfway through football season. The, the Lions so, and, and, and something about Taylor Swift. I don't know. Yeah. If you want to grow this podcast, you have to appeal to the Swifties. I know. So... That's why I'm talking so much about the NFL. Yeah, that's what they're into now. I I realize that. So, season nine of Sea of Thieves. It, I think it's an unfortunate one. It, it's kind of um like it, it got stuck with the hot potato. It's an unfortunate season to have all of these delays associated with it because it was a season that really wasn't heavy on new features. It was more of the one of those uh, upkeep seasons where they they tweak some things in the game um, for quality of life improvements, but then they had to make do with that for the better part of the year. For people who don't live and breathe Sea of Thieves or uh, play a lot of modern online living games, mm. uh, the function of a season is seasons in Sea of Thieves usually last about three months. And you have a progression track you can work through over the course of that time and earn some some rewards uh, by playing the game. And usually it's at the start of a season when they will launch like new features to the game, updates, uh, maybe new types of voyages or quests or gameplay concepts. Uh, and then they will coast kind of for three months. They're working on what's going to come in the next season. There are another team is working on what's going to come in the next season. And you have, you know, uh, that progression season reward track you're working through. Usually it lasts about three months, and you, as a act, as a active player, you probably complete the season track in about two months. Right. Um, if we're being honest. But season nine lasted seven months. Um, yeah. And... Uh, that's a that's abnormal. That's unusual for Sea of Thieves, um, but it it was kind of just a result of uh, the content that they had planned to come had to be delayed a little bit. Uh, so that's where we're at. Yeah, and it's not that they were lacking for content in the back half of the of the season because they did have the Legend of Monkey Island Tall Tale trilogy, which launched mid summer. Right. And just recently concluded. However, we will not be discussing those tall tales on this episode. We we discussed this none. We, yeah, we discussed this before they even launched, and we realized the best way to divide up the conversation would be to do a separate season nine episode detailing everything but. 
and then doing another episode about the Legend of Monkey Island with our friend Dustin and fellow DK Vine staffer. You know him. If you listen to the show, you, you know of Dustin. Uh, Dustin being the big uh, Monkey Island fan among us. And that way we can re- really dive into that and not short, short shift it a little bit where we would have to also talk about Oh, Skull of Destiny. Let's talk about the Skull of Destiny before we get into the Legend of Monkey Island. Um, right. So for the Monkey Island fans, you'll be able to tune into a whole episode dedicated to that ep- to to those tall tales. Uh, and if you're listening to this episode, uh, we promise there will not be any spoilers right. about those tall tales, which are the story-based uh, missions based on the, the Monkey Island franchise. So we won't be talking about those in this episode. I guess that is important to stress. We will not be spoiling those tall tales. If you've not played the third one or even any of them yet, we we won't be uh pulling the rug out from underneath you. It won't be like that time I spoiled the ending of the the last James Bond movie <laughs> thinking everybody had seen it and and then it turned out that uh <laughs> people hadn't. Rosebud was Rosebud was his sled. <laughs> Right, and he was uh, betting all those women to uh, f- like make up for what he was lacking since childhood, which was the sled. Yeah, yeah, we're good at movies. We are. Uh, yeah, so season nine, season nine launched actually even outside of the long delay. Season nine was a bit unusual uh, in the sense that this was, as you alluded to, more of a laid back. Uh, update type of season they did they they didn't have a marquee new feature right which a lot of seasons are built around like we have like one big new feature this season was more built around a lot of small tweaks to gameplay and updates to things that kind of uh rejuvenated some of the pace and some of the uh excitement and and things around like world events and other things you can do um and just little changes that they're small on their own, but they affect the day-to-day gameplay. So that was what this season was about, sort of a quality-of-life season. And normally, I, I love that, because as, as somebody who plays the game weekly, and Jeff, like I know you used to play it even more than, than once a week. I, I think you've scaled back as your time has... Uh lessened but well i've been celebrating i've been celebrating the 90 days of halloween right. since that's august right. that's right and uh so it's it, it i've played a bit less and less and i started a new job so i'm working 40 plus hours and right. that, that takes away time spirit but, halloween yeah, right i have i have scaled back yeah yeah i i uh am the president of pumpkins uh-huh yeah yeah it's a, i i'm surprised you sure. found the time to even do this thank you for being here I, I I am grateful. You know, I I think it's a great honor to be on this uh, program. Um, what's it called? All right. Uh, normally, though, like I I love these quality of life centric seasons where it, it's a little bit more low key. But you, if you do play the game with any great regularity, the nuances of things that were just like minor niggling little things like, ugh, uh, uh. and then all of a sudden it's fixed and you're like, wow, this makes everything so much smoother. I love that kind of stuff. Right. But 
I, I think just having to bear the weight of such a long season, it kind of diminished it over time to the point where when we were prepping this episode, I completely forgot what this season actually introduced. It's it's been it's right. been just the status quo in the game for so long that I you got used right. to the changes it did have. Right. Yeah. I don't remember the before times. So this will be a good refresher for me, Jeff. Right. And 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 like I said, most seasons you can kind of point to like the big thing that was this season's thing, whether it was captaincy in season seven or the hourglass diving PvP battles in season eight. Uh season nine doesn't have a, a singular thing to point to. But there are a lot of little things, and we're going to talk a little bit about them. One of those was uh, a selection of pirate legend voyages that you can get uh, through the captaincy sort of system, the captain's voyages. And, um, you know, in, in addition to, like, easy easy ways to get a cursed chest on a cursed chest voyage or black powder stash voyages, those would get you gunpowder or stronghold gunpowder or ancient stronghold gunpowder. Um, and firebombs crates and stuff. But the notable one um, of those was the addition of the Skull of Destiny. <laughs> right. The the Skull of Destiny. I think we did this once on stream. I... I bi- We'll probably do it this month, because we like to do this during Halloween. Right, right. We, we like the spookiness. Like, see if these for me... A lot of people associate it, obviously, with the summertime, but... For me, it's also a really great Halloween game because you can kind of yeah. cultivate your your own kind of uh, spooky adventure within Sea of Thieves. And of course, Sea of Thieves always comes out every year with the Festival of the Damned. It's their their own version of Halloween, which kind of begins in late October and sort of runs through mid November usually. Um, it's a little bit it's a little bit of an extension to the Halloween season IRL. I know I. I, I really need to make my 90 days of Halloween more like uh, at least 110. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, the the way the, the festive season, the, the winter holidays kind of take away from Halloween now because they start that in August. Um, we, well, Hall- no, we need to hold the line. Yeah. Halloween needs to fight back. Nothing, star- nothing starts until Halloween. I, f- I feel know? like Halloween. When Halloween's need- done. No, I feel like Halloween needs to fight back and it needs to carve out the first couple of weeks of November and take that back and say I agree. You can't have that. In in my opinion, it should you shouldn't be talking about Christmas until Black Friday. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the the first half of November. Now now granted there's a there's a shift of tone when the the day that Halloween ends, like the like when Halloween's over and you get into November, it, in my opinion, it's still spooky season, but it's a different spooky season uh, for like a couple weeks. And that is when you get into like the harvest movies and you're watching stuff like Texas Chainsaw and Pumpkinhead <laughs> and a lot of folk horror, The Wicker Man, um, you know, stuff of that nature. And, and you know, uh, Witchfinder General. Uh, I like I like horror movies, but uh, Christmas Christmas doesn't start till after Black Friday at the minimum, and then you can watch Santa's Sleigh or uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, or, or Jack Frost or Black Christmas. That's That comes later. Rare Exports. We, we were discussing that earlier today. Rare Exports. Heil and Jeff agree. Go watch Rare Exports. It's finished. It's, it's finished. It's from Finland. It's finished, but don't let that dissuade you. I think it's a perk. Well, so 
the skull of destiny we never explained what no, it is no uh, the skull was, of destiny is a is a you can go on a voyage to get a skull of destiny uh if you are a pirate legend you can get this voyage and when you get the skull of destiny it allows you to have access to all six flames of fate on demand it's a skull that uh as you hold it you can cycle through it will glow with these fires and it, it you can change the color of the fire to between six different colors and the flames of fate are oh my god so uh <laughs> if you die in sea of thieves under a certain condition you can claim a fire from the land of the dead the sea of the damned uh like the afterlife in sea of thieves and if like if you die by poison, you can get a purple flame. If you die by fire, you can get a red flame, etc. And there's six flames, and that's cool because you can decorate any lantern in the overworld in in the actual game on your ship. You can decorate the lanterns by changing their color, and then you can be like you're inside of a Donkey Kong 64 hallway with like a color, like oh this is the green hallway. That's fun, and we like that. But moreover, more importantly. You need all six of the flames if you ever want to attempt to do the Fort of the Damned. That's right. Which is an activity in the game, a big event that is like, uh, like a raid. Like you, you, you fight a boss, you fight waves of enemies, and then you get a ton of treasure. But everyone else in the server can see that you're doing that. They could go and challenge you for it. And it's this very thrilling thing, but it's also very Halloween-y. The island is dead. There's skeletons and... and spooky crackly trees yeah and, the, and the, the island is actually sort of the, the afterlife is spilling over onto the island so it's it, right. it's great but yeah you it's a fort you can activate at any time so long as you meet the condition so it's not like a another fort in the game where you just kind of have to wait for one to appear it's we want to do the Fort of the Damned, and it's a special experience. We can activate it, but we have to put in the work first. This sort of gives you a leg up on that if you are a captain where you, you can say, well, you know, I, I, w- I want to kind of jump, jump ahead in the line, so to speak, and have access to all of the Flames of Fate which are required to activate the Fort of the Damned. So I'm going to get a skull of destiny. I'm going to, I'm going to dig up a skull of destiny. Right. And then at the end, when you have all the flames, you also have to have a ritual skull, but the, the skull of destiny acts as a ritual skull. So it's like another, it's like an ingredient you need to activate this ritual. And the skull of destiny is, is like an all in one. You've got all the pieces you need. And you know, anytime they change something in sea of thieves, there are people who will complain because, oh, I did 50 forts of the dam the hard way, and now people can just activate it much. You still have to put in work. It's not like you just get a free fort of the dam. You still have to get the Skull of Destiny. But there will be people who will complain. There will be people who say, well, this is just nerfing it for uh, players who didn't put in the work like I did. But I think it's good that things like Captaincy have perks. It's not just I get to name my own ship and... um you know, have have pride in it. It's I also get advantages like selling things to the sovereigns instead of going to the each individual merchant. I get to um get get a skull of destiny voyage and activate the fort of demand when I want rather than having to spend two hours beforehand uh, schlepping around the sea of thieves trying to get all of these 
flames from all the ways you can die. So I, I think it's good. Obviously, I am also a lot more chill when it comes comes to this kind of stuff than other people are who take it very seriously. Well, it is important. I mean, it's it's Sea of Thieves. It's not a it's not it's not some kind of kid stuff, you know. But uh, I will say too the the by making the Fort of the Damned more accessible to a subset of the players who can who can get that perk, uh, it actually makes the entire sea more exciting because if you're not that play, like if 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 my crew goes and gets a Skull of Destiny so that they can quickly do a Fort of the Damned, it means the Fort of the Damned is active more often. Right. And then other crews will see that and they might decide, well, we want to go and fight for that. That's that's kind of the appeal of the Fort of the Damned is that it invites conflict and intrigue and so, sort of action because players might all congregate on that space to fight over those spoils of, of battle. And it, it's kind um, of in the middle. And so just having that more often is better. It's kind of in the middle of the map too, um, sort of in the middle, but you know, a little north, but it's so it's, basically it means that uh, there, there it's a good likelihood that anybody will be within sailing distance of it. And they see it's up and they're like, well, let's go over there. So yeah, it is um, so sort of a hot spot that invites conflict. That is the like built-in nature of it, and that's why it's so exciting. But that's also why the Skull of Destiny is a good thing, because you can put in all the work, spend two hours trying to activate the Four of the Damned, and then somebody can come along and just kind of um, take it out from underneath you, you know, kill you, steal your treasure, whatever. So this way, there's um, a little bit less risk involved, and it makes the whole process of let's do the Fort of the Damned a lot more appealing because you don't have that hanging over you as, well, we can we can do it. We can spend that time, but it might be for nothing. It's like, oh, well, yeah, we, we lost out this time, but we can easily try it again. So, yeah, all in all, I think it's a win. Right. Yeah, it's great. And, and, and like I said, uh, it's a really great spooky season activity. We'll probably end up doing it at some point this month. Um, whether the game does an event to encourage it or not. Because, yeah. like, a lot of years during the Festival of the Damned, they will put in some kind of event that's, like, earn a reward by doing some Fort of the Damned stuff. And um, so we'll see. Heil, do you remember when that fort was not the Fort of the Damned? Do you remember the original fort? Wasn't it, like, it was Old spooky? Boot Fort or something? It was. I'm I'm so impressed. Like, yes, it was Old Boot Fort. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't spooky at all. No, it... it- those were the days. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, because <laughs> it, it's a, it's a poor yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's a poorly designed fort unless it's a special event. It, yeah, it, if you get the the wave of gold skeletons, and it, like the gold skeletons need to be splashed with water yeah. to become vulnerable and like slow down, like that fort was one of the forts that doesn't have like a pool or like a little pond on it. That was a tough fort. Because you have to bring uh, up the anyway. water or you have to wait for them to calm down near the ocean. And it's just, it's vertical. I mean, it's it's uh, it's a long way it's up. It's a very tall so, vertical, yep. yeah, yeah. But now it's all with the uh, special shadow skellies um, that, that are hurt with the uh, various flames of fate. So, yeah, it's, um, it, it's, it's a much better use of that inane architecture and... 
um, geography. It's just, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of impressed that they were able to say, hey, you know what? This fort is terrible. Let's do something better with it. And they came up with the Fort of the Dam, right. which is a really that, fun thing. That came out. That came out in the spooky season in 2019. Yeah, that's how. We're we're getting old. We are. We are. The Fort the, pe- the Fort of the Dan will be if- starting kindergarten next year. <laughs> it's old enough to vote. Uh so you know, and that really I think in general, a lot we're gonna talk about a number of things, but a lot of the tweaks to this season did involve big events like the Fort of the Damned, the Fort of Fortune, regular skeleton forts, other things like that. And we're gonna talk about that. But yeah, so they tweaked these things to make them all um, in general, they did a lot of balancing on some of those world events. They're, they're, we, they call them world events. They're sort of like raids, if you know the phrase raids from, from MMO terminology. Um, and, you know, they've done a lot of balancing. One of the big ones being that all of the world events are now balanced for your crew size when you approach the island. So if you're on a sloop and you're just a solo player by yourself, then that activity will actually be balanced to be a little easier and more manageable. But if you're a full-size galleon, it will be harder. And if multiple crews come in together like an alliance, then it will be balanced for that. Um, which is a great tweak. Yeah, I I only sail with a galleon crew generally, so this doesn't really affect me. But... I like for for those who have always been deterred from playing Sea of Thieves because they don't have anybody to play with. Um, it's definitely definitely um, a benefit, right? It's it's one of those things that I think after seven months of playing this season, we don't even notice the differences of of some of these balance tweaks anymore no. because we're used to them. But um, you know, uh, another thing is that the the burning blade uh ghost ship battles which used to be one of the major world events those are back they've been gone for a long time because of sort of what was going on in the story of the game uh they involved captain flameheart's head in the sky like as a giant skull mm-hmm. uh yell yelling phrases at you yeah and and he'd just be like he you know he's like pull my finger or whatever uh and uh they took that away because Captain Flameheart was doing some stuff in the story, but they brought those battles back. The giant head in the sky is no longer part of it, and I am a little disappointed by that because I think they could have kept it if they just recolored it green. It used to be reddish-orange. If you recolor it green, then you contextualize it that in, in Sea of Thieves logic, it is just a memory of Captain Flameheart. <laughs> That's how ghosts work in Sea of uh, Thieves. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a replay of a tape. You know, it's a, it's an old, it's on, it's on recording. Uh, sea of Thieves ghosts can just be memories, and that could have worked. Instead, they've made it into a green spectral tornado. Yeah, which is i, which is identical to the tornado that shows up in the pirate legend voyage it's, and now you can't tell which is which it's, i'm glad the voyages are back because there was definitely something missing when they were taken away because the only ghost ship battles you could then do were the ones you bought from the order of souls which are smaller stakes and they don't involve like actually battling the burning blade but right the i think most of the fun 
I mean, they're they're, they're fun, but I I think a large part of the appeal was Captain Flameheart as the insult comic in the sky, basically being like a a ghost version of Cranky Kong, just shitting on you and your crew, and right. We don't have that anymore. All that fun dialogue is gone because of the nature of where the story is gone. And as you said, the green tornado, it's nearly identical to the uh, tornadoes in the, what, um, some something of the veil? Legend of, Legend the, of veil. the veil. right. And um, every everything in Sea of Thieves is the blank of the blank. And <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just basically like one of those, um, like, magnet packs you can buy where you just rearrange the words and create like poetry and uh yeah it's, it's basically just, it's just i can't remember which order some of these things go in because it's just all of cut from the same cloth but yeah there there's too many tornadoes in the game now there's too many disco tornadoes right. as i call them there's the two green ones there's the red one which is are the uh, ashen winds battles and which is where you fight one of the um uh, ashen ashen lords, lords not guardians ashen lords and right. uh, god sea of thieves is just impenetrable if you're just getting to the game now <laughs> it says a whole language it is you have to learn a whole new language uh, I, I imagine we just sound like peanuts characters like peanuts adults to anybody listening <laughs> to this who isn't familiar with it it's like it's like when I talk to you about the NFL. That's just what you. Think, yeah, you know? I'm just like Taylor Swift. I I don't know. Um, OJ Simpson. He was Shake in the NFL. Off. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> he was in the Naked Gun movies. Those were pretty funny. Yeah, we liked those. Uh, he went down the stairs in a yeah, wheelchair. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. Ha- whatever happened to that guy? So fl- he he almost he almost cut her head off. God. <laughs> God. Jeff, too far. I was keeping it light. Yeah, I don't like. I don't like him. No. Uh, so you know, the, yeah. The, the, I think the too many tornadoes. I would have liked them to keep the flame heart head in the sky or the skull. If, you could have. Yeah, or if it's not f- a new yeah. symbology. If it's not flame heart, they could have brought in a new character to be the head in the sky, like a lieutenant of flame heart who like re-record some of the dialogue, but. Through through this person and that looking just be like maybe the servant of the flame or or, or yeah maybe maybe, um, yeah. maybe you could have um I don't I don't know um like uh Paul Dano Paul Paul, Paul Dano yeah Paul Dano he he could he could be up there you could have somebody um like doing a Rodney Dangerfield like do lean into the whole insult insult comic thing and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, but it, I think, I think it's a cop out. I'm glad they're back. I'm, I'm glad like the, the battles are, are functionally back, but the ambiance has been stripped from them. So something I'm, I hope they can figure out and, and maybe re enliven. And it, and it negatively, it negatively impacts the legend of the veil voyage as well because both of those things are now indicated by the same symbology, which is that green tornado. And I think that before there was a certain appeal to, if you see that green tornado in the sky, you know, somebody's on the final leg of a legend of a pirate legend voyage. That's going to get a chest of legends or what's it called? Athena, Athena chest, Athena's fortunes chest. And if you see that on the horizon, you might have the, 
thought process to stop what you're doing and go and fight over it. Yeah. Which is kind of, I think, a base part of the appeal of that voyage right. is that you're going to have to fight to defend your spoils. You're going to have, you might have, uh, you might invite trouble if you go on that voyage and have to defend yourself. And then I think that by adding this voyage that has this, or not voyage, this world event that has the same symbology with the green tornado, it muddles it to the point where people don't bother. I They're like, oh, a green tornado, I don't know what it is. I'm probably not going to go out of my way to go over there. I do think there is a, a difference in the way they spin or something. Like, something like really minute like that, which, yeah, to the layperson, to the person who just sees a green tornado in the distance, they're not going to be like, oh, well, it's spinning counterclockwise, which means it's this. I don't know. I'm not going to keep track of that. Yeah, and, and tornadoes spin a certain direction based on the hemisphere, so they they shouldn't go both ways in the same hemisphere. That would be crazy. Are, are, are we are uh, we off the Australian coast now? Are are we uh, are we in the right. South Pacific? It's like how the the it's like how the turlets when you flush them. Uh, it's not. It's not. They go one that's way. Not true though. That's not. That's not a real thing. Is that that's not, not a real thing? Is that a myth? That's a myth. Is that? Fact or fiction? Are you are you Jonathan Frakes here? You'd let me know. Yeah, yeah. I didn't happen. Jo- Jonathan Frakes would be a great cloud in the sky. Yeah, where's his crossover? Where's his legend of monkey? You know, legend of fact, le- legend of fact or fiction? You know? Yeah. Uh, give me that one. I want that tall tale. We're just see it. Didn't happen. See if thieves just not this. See time. if thieves just tries to gaslight us, feed us lies, and then <laughs> Jonathan Frakes pops up as a head in the head in the sky. A cloud. We we play three tall tales, but only one of them was true. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, you get weird with that. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, you know it's, why not? We're five years in. Nothing matters at this point. We're on. We're playing on a house money. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, in addition to sort of tweaking some of the balance on some of these world events and uh, you know other things, they also added in a couple of new i guess motivators for reasons to do some of these activities one of them is a brand new item in the game that is called the chest of fortune and uh i guess the pitch the pitch for the chest of fortune is we've got this new item we're gonna throw it into a scenario Mm -hmm. uh in, in this case during season nine it's been inside of the fort of fortune and Anytime you go and complete a Fort of Fortune, you could get a Chest of Fortune, and if you sell it, you will, every like one that you get, it will tick up a commendation. There's a new commendation, which is sort of like a, an in-game uh, achievement tracker, like a you've got to accomplish a, a, a task, uh, make the numbers go up, it makes your brain feel good like a monkey. And uh, every time you sell a, a Chest of Fortune, the commendation goes up and if you sell enough you unlock a exclusive cosmetic item like it's it's an it's a treasure item in the game that is tied directly to unlocking a cosmetic item in the game and the idea is that during season nine only some of the cosmetics are available but then when season 10 comes out they're going to take that for the what is it called the chest of fortune and they're going to put it in another scenario, like maybe instead of the Fort of Fortune, it's always inside of an Ashen Winds battle. And 
they will add new cosmetics for you to unlock by extending the commendation. And the the idea with that is basically like they're kind of gating off the progress so that people can't max out the progress in like a week. Yeah. You know, the people who play the game for for 80 hours a day. Right, right, uh, right. They, they, bend, they bend time itself. Right. Like they're just uh, they somehow have four Xboxes going at once or something. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, it, it's a way of basically gating the progress to be like, we will add on to this every season and give you that new, renewed, refreshed incentive to do a certain activity. In Season 9, that activity was the Fort of Fortune. But in Season 10, they're going to take the Chest of Fortune and put it somewhere else. And, and, and say, you know, well, now, every time you do the Fort of the Damned, that's how you'll get a Chest of Fortune. And you got to go get more of them to unlock the next cosmetic. I have to be, I have so to be honest, Jeff. That, I, didn't, I didn't realize that. Yeah. I thought it was always just going to be in the Fort of Fortune. Well, you haven't been reading Golden Sand's blog post. I did explain it, but that was seven months ago, so you might have read it and forgotten. That's fair enough. Um, but yes, that's the idea behind it, is that it will be a... It will, it will continue to be a source of unlocking things over more than one season. Because it, it, in within season nine, the only pieces you can unlock of the cosmetics are on a ship set, uh, the, the Ship of Fortune or, or whatever it's called. You can unlock the hull, the sails, the, the hull, the sails, the... Whatever the original pieces of the ship were before they added more pieces. Hull, ship, hull, sails. God, Heil, I'm blanking here. I don't um, think it matters. Not, not the, not, not that the you you can't you can't unlock the wheel. You can't unlock the capstan. You can't unlock the uh, the um other. <laughs> God, I'm, I'm I'm so bad at sea of thieves. <laughs> apparently. But yeah, so so there's parts to yet that are yet to be released. That's my point. Mm. They are trickling out these cosmetics over the future seasons right. and saying the for- the the chest of fortune will always be something you want to fight for. And you can't just complete you can't complete the whole commendation in the first weekend of season 9 because we're going to come out with new pits to it in each Which season. Which is smart again because the the most vocal whiners, the most vocal complainers for anything in Sea of Thieves are the people who do like seemingly devote their lives to this game and and basically just complete any objective of any season within the very first day it launches and then they complain that there's no content in the game when when they still play every single day. So I think it's smart. I th- I think it's good. I do wish I had gotten more than just one this season. Um, <laughs> I, I've, I've literally, well, there's still time. I've, I've literally only gotten <laughs> one chest of fortune this entire season. See, when it started out, I, I misunderstood it as well, because my first thought was there was like four or five, uh, cosmetics to unlock, which was like, uh, you know, the hole, the sail, the flag and the, whatever the f- other one is. And, uh, I thought that each time you got a chest, you got a part, like, one chest equals one cosmetic, which makes it, like, so valuable, you know what I mean? Like, if I get that chest, I unlock a cosmetic, like, that's so valuable, but actually what it ends up being is that you need to get, like, 
five chests uh-huh. to get the first item, and then like another five. Like you have to get something like thirty chests in a season to get every piece. And and it's not it's not like a time limited. Like if you're behind, you're gonna miss anything. It's not like that. But it just means that if you fall behind, you have a lot of work to do to catch up. Um, which we're we're both in the same boat, well, man. I what, I only got I only got a couple. Once the, once they tie it into the Ash and Winds battles, we can just like Cameron do all the work for us because Cameron <laughs> just solos those Ash and Wind battles. We're doing something else. Cameron will see an Ash and Winds is up, blast himself over there, and just does it. And, and uh, we're like, "Do you need any help?" Nope. All right. Yeah, that's that's Cameron's toxic trait is uh Cameron has to solo Ashen Winds battles and we we love him for yeah. it. It's great. Yeah. So, well, well Cameron will say Cameron's like, "Hey, uh I smell some warden chi. I think I'm going to go do that." And we're like, "What?" And then there he's gone. Whereas, you know, vegans, we can't eat uh warden cheese. No, you cannot. But you could smush bees with magnets. Or wait, where'd we land? No, on that? you can't. That's that's not allowed. Now you cannot. I don't know if the, if, no, if the, don't if do the it. The bees are threatening other. Uh, if the bees are overpopulating, I don't know. Maybe there's an ethical choice we have to make. But that's for another day. The thing is, we have so many bees, and we the only way for them to escape is up the hole in the ozone layer that we patched. <laughs> so like. Like there's nowhere for these bees to go. Uh we're we're fucked. Um But there is another commendation they added this season that's similar uh in in kind of in, in similar in nature to the thing with the for- with the chest of fortune. And is they took the reaper's chests and reaper's bounties which you can find spawning on the map inside of shipwrecks and you can see them on the map, you can see them in the world with a um like a beacon uh, they added a new commendation that uh, as you sell those Reaper's Chests or Reaper's Bounties, you tick up this commendation, and as you hit milestones in that one, or hit levels, uh, you, uh, excuse me, I burped right into the That's microphone. That's rude. Uh, it's terrible. I'm a bad, I'm a bad guy. I don't like it. You're just completely it's lacking in my social childhood. graces, Jeff. I am. It's, it's my childhood. Uh... Is my excuse. I'll say it. <laughs> and so, as you sell these Reaper's Chests and these Reaper's Bounties, you uh, can unlock more exclusive cosmetics. I think it's a weapon set. I don't... Um, See, here, here's the thing. Like, I don't really care about most of these cosmetics. It, it, it's it's that I'm at the point where I've got so many that I never use because my pirate right. just has his look. And... Unless they add in, like, explicitly DKU things. Like, I, I recently swapped out my pistol because got a got a Viva Pinata theme pistol. I'm like, all right, cool. But generally, I'm, I'm kind of stuck in my ways. And so, like, yeah, I, I, I want to unlock this just to see I did, but I have no burning desire to, like, actually... We don't, we don't go out of our way and say, like, um, you know, like, some players might be playing the game and doing what they're doing and say, wait, we need to drop what we're doing and go do this because it will tick up a commendation that I haven't finished. Yeah. And I think, I think for a portion of the population that is a motivator and, and it's, and it is good to add new, new motivators to do old stuff. The whole, the whole point of a reaper's bounty or a reaper's chest 
is that they can be tracked on the map and they can and people can fight over them. Like if you see someone else going for one, you could go and steal it. And I feel like that feeling of people fighting over them has not been in the game since the first like month that they came out. I remember playing this game with my friend Owen. We used to play on a sloop. And when they came out with Reaper's Chests, we jumped in and we just went on like a stealing fest. And we, we, we're we like a crew that is not afraid to be like aggressive players. Right. Um, whereas like when you and I play, we're, we're pretty laid back. We we do our own thing. Um, but like some of the other people I play with, we might decide to be aggressive. And that's fine. That's allowed. Um, but like we we would go and like catch people at the outpost about to sell their reaper's chest and just like kill them at the last second and get it and then sell it and like like the adrenaline of like oh they almost got us and we you know we almost were too late and like we chased them and they tried to sell it and then we fought that that feeling of like the chase and the 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 adrenaline of like this is a dangerous item we need to get rid of because we might be chased and we might be attacked. I feel like that feeling hasn't been in the game so um for a long time. So so adding anything to remotivate people to like fight over these things like hey, that reaper's chest that you just ignore every time you sail past a beacon, maybe maybe you don't want to ignore it. Maybe right. there's a commendation again that you might want to actually tick up. Yeah, I, I think at a certain point, some of these features in the game, because Sea of Thieves just has so much going on now. It, it's just, it's it lousy for things to do. And so people will just see stuff like that and they're like, it's not worth my time because I'm concentrating on half a dozen other things today. And I don't really want to go out of my way to get this Reaper's bounty. Um, but this gives them that extra incentive. Well, I might as well now because there's a new reason to strive for it. So, yeah, I, I am glad they, they go back around to some of this older stuff that has kind of lost its sheen and give people a newfound reason to engage with it. And then you're like, oh, I completely forgot how fun it was to, you know, the, the rush to make it to the Reaper's hideout or whatever with one of these chests um, while the whole map can see me having this chest on board or on my person or whatever. So I, I, I do think it's good. And it- well, and the other, the other tweak they made, I forgot to mention is that starting with this season, uh, that beacon that lights up the chest actually stays and follows that chest all the way to being delivered. Shades of the uh, it, arena. Right. Just like the, the, um, well, I don't remember what they called them, but yeah, the arena chests, which, right. uh, uh, but yeah, it was, it, it, it used to be the case that when you picked up a rapist chest, that beacon would disappear and then people could still track it if they went to their map table and looked for the icon on the map and you'd see it moving along with the ship. But now, uh, the beacon is always visible in the sky, even while it's in motion or, or on a ship or being carried. So that's a nice change again, to increase that feeling of, people being able to stalk it and chase after it if they want to, which I think um, was originally the point behind that item was that it would invite people to fight over it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and we didn't really engage with that a lot this season. That was one of the new features, but we, we don't drop what we're doing to go get a Reaper's chest um, anymore or very often. So 
Um, I did it. I, but it I did it more than the nice chest of fortune. I did it three times. So, ah, well, you've got the stats, <laughs> Mister Mister Stats over here. Clearly, I I, I uh, made a meal out of season nine. What can I say? <laughs> right there, there were a lot of other small changes. Some, well, some small, some honestly feel big. Uh, that went on in season nine. Uh, we don't necessarily have to list out all of them, but w- we will touch on a few of these. Um, remember when you, if you harpooned up a treasure and you had to just like physically go and pick up the treasure off the end of the harpoon? Yeah, that was gross. I forgot that that happened like <laughs> this season. It feel like I'm so used to it. I've been doing it for seven months. Yeah. So, I, I think this was a controversial change when they announced it, just because, again, every, anytime you tweak something to theoretically make it easier or more convenient for players, there will be people who's, you know, like, no, I, I like I, I like to put in the, the gritty hard work. I like to feel the sweat on my brow when I harpoon things in the game, and it's stuck to the harpoon, and then I have to physically remove it from the harpoon. But the problem is that the... The nature of harpooning things from your ship, treasure, or, you know, what have you, uh, it fundamentally benefits larger crews. If you are a solo slooper, it it becomes this whole thing because you don't have a harpoon buddy. You don't have somebody on your crew to physically get the things off the harpoon while you're harpooning, so you have to stop, remove it, all the while you may be in a tense situation stealing treasure from other pirates perhaps or fending off pirates from coming aboard your ship or even just trying to pick up your own treasure if it suddenly takes you twice as long you invite the opportunity of someone to come up and attack you so what this because you're taking too so what this does is it makes it more of a level playing field it doesn't matter what size your crew is from just you by yourself on a sloop to a four-person galleon to you know an alliance of galleons uh, now everybody can harpoon things on their ship with the same efficiency right yeah now when you harpoon a treasure the treasure automatically just goes onto the ship you don't have to stop what you're doing go over and pick up the treasure off the end of the harpoon and then put it down uh, which is great. It's also that's already how it worked for pirates. Like if I if I if I harpooned my own crewmate, if I harpooned you, Hyle, I wouldn't have to go and pick you up off the end and then put you down. You automatically just went on the ship. And again, for those who aren't familiar with Sea of Thieves, you can use the harpoon to bring your crewmates on your ship. It doesn't like rip out their skeleton or anything. Uh, it, it's a it's yeah. it's a benefit. It's not just like scorpion for Mortal Kombat. The right, the harpoon just works kind of like a grappling hook or like a Spider Man's uh, web string to just like grab something and pull it in. You know, like go go gadget long arm grab grab something and just whip it in there, pull it back to the ship. And if you if you grab a person, you pull them and they land on the ship. If you grab a treasure, it used to be the case that it would be on the end of the harpoon and you'd have to manually grab it and remove it and then set it down and now it also lands on the ship and if you harpoon like a static object like a rock or like the land itself you 
can latch onto things and pull the ship in a direction and do some like cool, you know, fast and furious Tokyo drift style maneuvers and stuff. But uh, yeah, so this has been a, a welcome change. I think it took some adjusting. I think some people didn't like it. And then we all got used to it. And I forgot that it even used to be the way it used to be. But uh, it's so fast when you have a pile of treasure. If you have like 20 or more treasures, which is something that happens often, you there you might have times where you have like 50 treasures in a pile and you just sit there with the harpoon and just like boom 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 and just pick up all these treasures and they just go on your ship and then when you go to the sovereign's tent to sell them there's a harpoon on there yeah that lets you grab it off the ship and bring it to the the place where you're going to sell it it's so fast and it's like super satisfying yeah it's Honestly, it's a change that I wouldn't have requested, but now that it's here, I wouldn't want to live without it. It's it, that's a, yeah. It, it, it really makes it so you're not spending so much time doing these mundane tasks, and you can go out and appreciate and engage with more of the game on any given day. Because we get burned out pretty quickly. We do our streams, you know, every Sunday, and generally, you know, so, sometimes we go four hours, five hours even, but generally we're all feeling pretty tired after three. Like we got our fill. We're content. Um, so, right. you know, we're, we're busy adults and we're not as young as we used to be. You know, we, we get sleepy. So it's nice to, you know, kind of fast forward through the boring parts a little bit. And then we get back into the action. Exactly. So a few of the other changes that they introduced here, uh, with the season, again, you know, a big theme of it was just little changes. Um, one of them is, like, if you if your ship sinks and the treasure floats to the surface, now there are seagulls that you can see, other, other crews can see, so it's easier to find where the treasure is. Uh, if you sink when you're outside the boundary of the map, when you're in the Devil's Shroud, Ooh. your treasure... Yeah, oh, yeah it, it is October... The uh, the Devil's Shroud. If your ship sinks out there, your treasure will spawn inside the boundaries of the map so people can still, like, steal it. Which is a good thing because people used to take that as, like, a strategy. Like, if I'm being chased and people are trying to steal my treasure, I'll just sail off the map and then nobody gets yeah. it. Which is spiteful, but, like, I've done it. You know, you... <laughs> We'll we'll do that, but but now you can't you can't do it. The treasure comes in and people can get it. Yeah, it's, it's, and now it's, it's, it's like the treasure in, is the pus and a zit. It's getting squeezed out from the shroud back into the sea of thieves. Thank you for that analogy. I enjoy. We like I enjoy it. Pus. It's satisfying. Follow us on Patreon. <laughs> the bad thing about getting older is you don't get as many zits. I don't have anything to pop. I've been getting more zits this. Like, I started a new job. I've been sweating a yeah. lot. And now I'm like, oh, my freaking forehead is, like, I, zitty. See, here's the thing. So I've been, like, treating here's that. A, here's a little glimpse into my own personal hygiene, my uh, my pH. It's something I, I'm adamant about that I can't have a beard because it's, uh, it, it's against my brand, right? I can't have facial hair. Uh, but I have such thick facial hair that... Uh, I get ingrown hairs all the time. 
Yeah. And uh, yeah, they're a problem. So like, I don't get zits, but I will get these ingrown hairs that I then have to squeeze out, uh, which I enjoy. Yeah, and they're they're full of they're full of like stuff. Yeah, they're full. They, you squeeze the bits out. It's gross. The juice is loose, as I like to say when I when it I squeeze does them. feel good when they pop easy. Yeah. It does not feel good when they're like, oh, this is a big one and I want it to pop, but it and, won't. And, and they're in there and, for and they're in there for weeks, and then and then finally they'll like you'll you'll get it to squeeze out, but it'll be like calcified. It'll be like in like this like encrusted shell. This is a good show. I, the, the Sea of Thieves doesn't really give us a lot to talk about this season, so there's not there's not there's not a lot of zip popping or any kind of like popping in, in yeah. Sea of Thieves. But but if if you if you are looking for that, there are websites. There, Just look for popping YouTube or whatever. YouTube channels. Uh, I subscribe. YouTube it. Blackheads. I, the blackhead videos are They're awesome. All, uh, like just like for the cyst videos, I highly recommend those. Right, we we at DK Vine wholeheartedly support all of this content. You should look for it. And when I, when I uh, said there's more content coming from DK Vine, hint hint. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Uh, yeah, and then when you, when you, oh god, I don't know, I don't know how to get this on track, Al, this is fucked up. <laughs> when you scuttle your ship in Sea of Thieves, this yeah, is terrible. Scuttle, scuttle, scuttle the ship. You could, you could, if you, you know, scuttling is like an option if, if you're, if you're being like, spawn camped, if you're being killed over and over, or you, or your ship gets stuck somewhere, like, and you can't really get out or whatever, you have this option to go in the settings, you can scuttle your ship, and it will just like, sink, and then respawn somewhere else. But now you have the option to, when you go to that menu option, you can actually choose to just server hop and go to a new server instance of the Sea of Thieves world, which is awesome if you're being spawn camped and attacked by a crew that is just like relentlessly stalking you. Right. Um, or, or any scenario. Like there's a lot of scenarios where you might be like, this server. I want to get out the, of here. I, I want to be on a different server. The server's server. full of a lot of toxic people, and I just don't have the fortitude today to deal with it because life is hard, the world sucks, and my one escape, this silly little pirate game, isn't providing me the refuge I was hoping for, so I'm just going to pull up stakes and hope for the best in a new server. Our friend Just Andre in our live stream chat, and by the way, if you support the Patreon uh, at a certain tier, you you can listen to these conversations live in our private live stream. You can chats. hear all of the pee Just breaks Andre, as they happen. Yeah, you can hear the pee breaks. We won't edit that out. And if you're listening to this not live, you don't know what I'm talking about, do you? Do you? But Just Andre says uh, a good word. It's the word. Hyalgene. Hyalgene. It's like hygiene, yeah. but for Hyal. Hyalgene. There's going to be a weekly video on our YouTube channel. We like it. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be a series. But it's, it's going to be Donkey Kong themed, don't worry. Do you shave your Do you shave your pits? I don't shave my pits. You shaver? I don't shave my I, I I don't shave my pits. No, but I, I, I shave everything else. Wink. Everything well, else. Well, not okay. my leg hair or my arm hair. I keep a little body hair. I don't shave any. I don't shave anything. I'm a hairy fellow. Yeah, no, we're we're like uh, the odd couple here. Yeah, you know, and, and and it's kind of inspiring. Two very different people can still be friends. Right. I, I'm the I'm the Felix. You're the Oscar, but somehow we make it work. 
<laughs> they added bait crates. Uh, to yeah, nine. so you get like a a crate full of worms. This this is something as somebody who likes likes the fishing mechanics in the game and, and likes the sort of um, the the quest of trying to catch all the fish um, in the game. Uh, you know, before you'd have to dig up worms or find them in barrels. So, you you know, I, I would just spend any session, the beginning of the session, just walking around the outpost with my shovel, digging up worms. And actually, that's what I did today, because, Jeff, you were having a little bit of trouble signing in to the game. And so we had, like, ten minutes to kill. So I just walked around digging up worms for the hell of it, because uh, I, I like to see my friends. But now, if you just want to get right into fishing... Or, or give yourself the option. If maybe you don't know if you're going to go fishing, but you want to give yourself the option. You want to have the required bait on hand for any scenario. You can just buy a bait crate uh, at at the um, from from the merchant, and it will. Right, you can buy it at the merchants or at the hunter's, hunter's call, call on a sea post. Right, which which is great. It makes sense because this is what real uh, fishing folk do. They just buy bait from their local um, bait dispensary. Yeah. When I was a kid, uh, so I, Heil, I know that you're a vegan. I respect that. I don't, I don't have eat any worms, with Jeff. That. I don't wanna, you're not going to get I don't, me to eat worms. I don't want to trigger you at all. But um, I fish a lot. I used to fish as a kid, and I fish sometimes now as an adult. And when I was a kid, you know, uh, couldn't, have, couldn't just go buy bait because I'm not like, a million. You're, you're not like a so Rockefeller up, who can just buy his own bait. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not like a Rockefeller who can just buy his own bait. Uh, <laughs> but so you know, you get up in the morning. You get up before the sun comes up, like four. You get up at like four. You run around. You could catch some night crawlers in the yard. That's something you get to do. You get to do that. It's possible, and it turns out that bait is free. But now I'm older. I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. And I do buy bait. I buy it. And it will come in like a little uh, plastic thing with like uh, full of like sawdust. It's just like wiggling worms in like a sea of sawdust. And it's fine. It's all right. It's allowed and it's cool. Um, But it is nice in Sea of Thieves that you can now buy bait. You don't have to dig. I still like to dig for the bait, though, because it's funny when you just, like, plunge your shovel in the dirt and earthworms come up out of there. Yeah. That didn't happen. That didn't happen when the game was new. That didn't happen in 2018. You didn't get worms when you dug. And it's like you have a shovel, you have dirt, but there is no worms. So even five years later, I, I really appreciate when you dig and you hit the dirt and you've got worms you know what i mean and you can burn them on the stove oh, you, and you, they'll stop wiggling you can, you but it's it's them. kind of you bad can eat, it's kind you can of, eat them raw i like to eat them when they're wiggling i don't want a burnt worm i know no i i, I know you, <laughs> you 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 lose all the vitamins when you cook them right it, it's the slime the slime is where it's at you don't want to dry them out you don't want to dry them out um yeah and you you can uh you can equip <laughs> all of these details in our notes just sound so like not important. Uh we're going to talk about each and every one of them actually. <laughs> one of them is that you you can equip the flag on your ship at a ship right now instead of climbing up the ladder to the flag box. Wow, this is not interesting. I I mean it 
it, <laughs> if you know how frustrating it was to change your flag beforehand, you'll be like, oh, well, why, why, why wasn't this in the game from from the very start? This this was stupid that you had to climb all the way up into your crow's nest to change your flag because you don't have to climb up into your sails to change your sails. Right. Right. It didn't, it didn't really make sense. Um, I'm going to speed run the rest of these. If you kill a mermaid statue, you could get more than one gem. You could get up to three gems. That's cool. If you want to sell meat, like cooked meat or a fish, like a fish you caught while fishing, you can sell those to the sovereigns now if you're on a captain's ship. You don't have to sail to a sea post and sell them to the hunter's call. But if you sell them on a sea post to a hunter's call, you're going to get more money, which is great because every session we ever had, we'd be on the outpost selling our treasure and somebody would be like, well, uh, I've got a, uh ancient scale and I want to go to sell it. And I would say every time, I don't give a fuck about your fish. I'm not sailing to another location. Because inevitably, when you sail to the next location, you're going to run into something on the way. You're going to get attacked by a Megalodon or a skeleton ship. Then you're going to get more treasure. Then you're going to go back to the outpost. And then somebody's going to say, Oh, I picked up some chicken. I want to go sell it. Now you can do those at an outpost. Having everything at the end of the session be sellable at an outpost is huge. And speaking of sea posts... Ever since Merrick left Stephen Spoils uh, during the story that happened during the Shrouded Deep adventure, there has been no there has been no Hunter's Call representative on the Sea Post at Stephen Spoils, and now beginning with season nine, there is a new relative of Merrick named Adelric, and Adelric now represents the Hunter's Call on Stephen Spoils. Now, how, so how is Adelric related had another, to Merrick? I don't know. I thought you knew. No, I don't I know. Don't, uh, I, don't, I don't. They're all. Every hunter's call member is. You know, they all. Their name ends in ick. <laughs> uh, you know, there's there's uh, Henrik, and there's Sarek, and there's Derek, Bostwick, and Merrick, and all these people. Right, right. All of them, and they're all relatives of Merrick, but they don't all. It doesn't even make sense because some of them are like in laws. It's like, this is my sister's, this is my wife's sister. And it's like, well, why does your wife's family also name all the people Ick? Because incest is Ick. Oh, that could yeah. be it, yeah. He's like, that's my wife's sister, and also my sister. I don't know. Like, I don't know. So, it's a lot. I, I gotta put this in a donkey call. Can ve- I- Are vegans, like, pro or... Uh, anti-incest so it's a bit only if only if they're uh a step family members because then it's then it's sexy that is then, true. then it's just uh then That's it's just fair. taboo but it's not uh ick. it's like you're not you don't have the same uh wiener or whatever exactly if that's well put jeff well put uh to put this into Donkey Kong terms for those who, who can't understand why Adelric is such a big deal. Uh, remember when they added Bachelor Bear to the Brothers Bear in the Game Boy Advance remake of Donkey Kong Country 3? And I was like, oh my god, we have a 14th Brothers Bear at long last. Th- this is a revelation. There's a there's a new Brothers Bear in the family. Uh, I guess that's what Adelric is like if, if you care about all these dirty weirdos on the, on the sea post. 
They should have the music. Like when you show up on the sea post and you uh, go down there to like the weird little fisherman is like stirring a pot in a in a in a on a, on a in in a pot, and it just plays the music. It's like dent dent on a dent dent on a dent 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 You know, brothers bear. Um, they don't have their own music, I don't think. Or if they do, I don't remember it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not not as memorable as that that little number right there. Literally, how I think about that song every day of my life. I know I, the brothers. It, it just it it's, just it's in it my just head. Pops all the in time. there when you're you know having sex, thinking about having. sex. I'm always having sex. I'm always listening to the brothers bear song. Jeff, are there any interesting cosmetics that were added uh, in the game, if, either the Emporium or elsewhere? that are worth bringing up on a scintillating discussion. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm, I'm glad you asked. Debatably, no, but we will bring some up. Uh, you know, throughout the season, we're talking about seven months. Yeah. And they pretty much updated the Emporium every month, I think, throughout that span. They, they were diligent. From March they, to today. Yeah, because every time you're thinking, oh, I don't need to worry about checking the Emporium, I'm caught up. This this is this is the season where I really did fall behind in the Emporium, where I stopped caring. Oh wow! Um, I, not that I stopped caring, but it, it's like one, I'm like I need to save my money, right? My uh, yeah. my uh, financial situation has changed, so I need to. Hi, you're you're a whale. I know you 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 say this about me, where I am a whale. I am I am the the sucker that they harpoon. For the juicy blubber right. within. You're the, you're the one out of a hundred players that thinks that you've got to buy o- almost everything in the buyable shop at in the game, and that if you can get one out of a hundred players to do that, you're you're you, Heil, are subsidizing the game for everybody, and um and we love you. But the pro- the problem is I'm not like that anymore because one I again I have to save my money. But two, since they added captaincy, since like we we've really like I oh. I've really kept to one ship design. I don't really feel the need to go grab. Oh, they've they added a new Halo ship set in the Emporium. Like, am I ever going to use a Halo ship set? Let alone a second Halo ship set? Probably not. Probably not. So it, it does kind of make me pick and choose a little bit more. So. Yeah, I'm 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 not getting uh at quite as much as I used to, and of course you do get ancient coins just through day to day gameplay. Well, not so much anymore because it's a lot of it's tied to the plunder pass itself, and you know we've maxed out the plunder pass like half a year ago. So, but but still, you know it it is um it, it is something where you can you know save your coins and then just get what you want, but. Yeah, I I don't get everything anymore. I've fallen behind. Yeah, well, and that's okay. Yeah, definitely. That that point about captaincy, where you, suddenly the ship feels like a bit more of a permanent object. Yeah. Uh, the the object. I think that they they introduced object permanence into Sea of Thieves which, for the which, first which time. Which is good because it makes was, me care. That was the big season seven feature. It's good to care about your ship because if you are a pirate, if you are a, a sailor, that's obviously going to be part of the romanticism is this is this is my ship this is our ship 
we have to treat it like a lady and yeah suddenly you don't let us burn it down at the end of the no, session no. anymore because we're not just renting it it's not just like a limo you rent and have sex in i never did i, n- I never uh never no, had sex i, I never limo. never did either but i can dream not yet i i guess i'll say not yet i'm young <laughs> there's time you know the, the thing is when, <laughs> when you're old enough where you can afford a limo then nobody wants to have sex with you in the limo masturbation counts oh thank god well then yeah i've had sex in a limo <laughs> well all right so but uh you know I, I on the other hand i do think that we should try to deprogram ourselves a little bit from the feeling that the ship is so permanent and like solid because I really enjoyed trying out a different design on the ship every month or so. I thought you were going to say, I really enjoyed burning the ship. No, yeah. I enjoyed not caring if we crashed into the beach and setting the shit on fire. No, but, uh, you know, if they come out with a cool Emporium set, not necessarily every set every month, but if they come out with one that we really like... I I think we should not mind redecorating the ship for a day. Well... Every so I, often. I also think... As long as you then go back I, I also to think with how the you advent of guilds, which is not something we're going to get into on this episode, but it's a feature for season 10, and, and introducing other ships into sort of a, a fleet for your guild, uh, we're, we're going to have a little bit more experimentation back as far as uh, what, what we're sailing on, what it looks like, but... Right, because the other thing is you can save some a cosmetic to be permanent, Um. With captaincy, you can see say like, okay, I want this cosmetic to be permanent, and every time I log in, it will be that. But then, if you go and change it, you can change it, and then when you log in next, it will reset to whatever you made to be permanent. So you're like, okay, I have the Banjo Kazooie hull, but then maybe this week I want to have the Jurassic Park hull or whatever. Uh, but then when I log in tomorrow, it'll it'll go it'll automatically go back to the banjo kazooie hole right. or whatever. Um, like it has that feature. I I, I think we, you know we, we, something we could talk about. But I, I I would like to get back to playing around with the cosmetics a little more. But well, especially for Halloween, especially for Halloween. Holy shit! There are some really good Halloween sets in the game. Last year, was it last year that had the the like vampire cathedral? That was a like, couple set? years ago, Jeff. That, was it two years? Yeah, it might have been. That was so. That's good. My, that's probably my favorite um, spooky ship set in the game. Yeah, it's mine. It's mine. And they've had a lot of good spooky sets, like Soul Flame. Uh, you know, they they did the this the State of Decay, which is like interesting that like I love a licensed like collaboration set so much. So it's like. It's like saying your favorite set is Halo, you know, but yeah. they did a State of Decay set with wiggly the fingers, wi- and they're so wiggly. Wiggly, who, wiggly who zombie fingers at the front of your ship, right? We want that. Um, but yeah, the, so they added a lot of new cosmetics throughout the season, uh, pretty much every month, and most of them we're not going to comment on. They did add some new, um, like, licensed brand cosmetics. One of them is they did... Some new Pirates of the Caribbean tie-in cosmetics, which was surprising. Well, because that the Pirates of the Caribbean like stories came out two years ago. Yeah, they they added these new ones, and this was before they announced the Monkey Islands collaboration, and so that kind of tipped, sort of tipped the hand a little bit and revealed, oh, 
they're probably like di- are doing something new with Disney again because we have this new stuff coming out of nowhere. Uh, so so clearly some new deal has been inked, and, and this is the first little uh, clue to that. At least my theory. I mean, that might not be the case, but yeah, it was two years after the whole original crossover, and it was like, oh, new Pirates of the Caribbean stuff. Okay, sure. Right, with a, a, a Tia Dalma costume, Cutler Beckett costume, uh, Red, Red the... Uh, uh, red. Red, yeah, name's red. red. What do you call it? Yeah, every, she everybody's like, favorite. Was that character. like the auction, yeah. right? Um, we love red. We, you know, we the, all. Love the thing red. is, there's all, and then like you get, you could get the monkey, yeah, the prisoner monkey. But there's also uh, portraits you can get, like with, with Captain C. There's now new stuff you can get for your ship right. that you can hang on your walls or trinkets or whatever. So stuff that wasn't around back with the initial Pirates of the Caribbean crossover. Exactly. And then obviously, as we said, we're not we're not going to be covering any spoilers for the Legend of Monkey Island Tall Tales, which came out in July, August and September uh, throughout season nine. But during each of those months, they also did come out with Monkey Island themed cosmetics in the Pirate Emporium. So uh, costumes based on many of the characters uh, like Guybrush Threepwood. Uh, Governor Elaine, uh, the Dread Pirate LeChuck, and and several of the side characters, as well as getting the pet Spiffy the dog. You could get, yeah. uh, you could buy that, and then several ship sets and and other items as well. Yeah, some of it, some of it's really cool. And the monkey, like, e- even even if you're not a fan of, of the Monkey Island stuff, like I think that ship set, uh, it's pretty damn sweet, right? You're 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 talking about the Mad Monkey ship, I, right? I like am. The I am. Monkey, bu- monkeys and bananas themed ship. Like, obviously, we at DK Vine get a lot of appeal out of that because we're um, deviants. That's right. not that's not a pun. That was not intended to be a pun. Uh, when I said appeal, that's good because I didn't even bananas. pick up on it. So it it makes it doesn't make me feel like I'm slow and stupid for failing to recognize it. No, it's not that you're slow. It's that I am neurotic. Uh, so, the yeah, it's like monkeys and bananas and like um, I don't know, just like the stone monkeys and stuff, like all of that kind of trappings and themings that you would see on Monkey Island, uh, all encapsulated in a ship set and like sails and the capstan and the cannons and all this stuff is very cool. Obviously, we like monkeys. We like bananas. So yeah, that was that was cool to see. There was a actual DKU, uh, not crossover, but but addition to the um, Emporium and uh, two new weapons that that were added. Yeah, very kind of low key and and under the radar and, and surprising because. They haven't done any of these in a while, but like for for when they first launched the Pirate Emporium, which was in September of 2019, if I remember correctly, when they first launched the Pirate Emporium, one of the big things was that every month they came out with a rare heritage themed ship set. So they started with the Baron Bird, which was Banjo-Kazooie themed, and they had the um, there was a Perfect Dark set, then there was a Killer Instinct set. And a cameo and uh, elements of power themed set and a Viva Pinata themed set, then Conquer, 
Eventually, they did Battletoads when Battletoads 2020, the game, came out, uh, etc. And they've kind of moved away from that when they sort of hit a threshold of, like, well, we've covered the ones we want to cover. And then they've moved to just doing, like, not IP-themed sets every month. Yeah. Uh, but now, they just came out with a couple of Viva Pinata-themed weapons. And in the world of Sea of Thieves, they call these the Paradise Garden themed set yeah within the lore of sea of thieves paradise garden is what the pirates refer to pinata island as sort of uh whispers and legends of this magical island that some sailors uncovered uh, sailed upon uh with full of you know creatures full of candy and and what have you and um right in in the world of sea of thieves pretty much every rare ip uh exists there as some sort of legend or or tale that is shared around the tavern. Uh, you know, everybody knows that there is some kind of cursed wolf of saber that inhabits some jungle somewhere, and there will there is a prophecy of a bear and a bird that yeah. will come someday, and all these things. See, see, and there is an island yeah. full of candy creatures. Sea of Thieves is DKU. That's why we're talking about it. We we're not just wasting your time here. We're not off brand. You're like Super Super Mario Brothers Wonder is coming out this week. You could be talking about that, and like, well, that's not DKU. Shut up. It has no connection to Donkey Kong. Uh, <laughs> Donkey Kong Country. Yeah. <laughs> it's just got Mario. Do I need on to it. explain it to um, you? No. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so they came out with a couple of weapons. One of them was a cutlass, and one of them was a pistol. And what I one thing I love about the Paradise Garden set, uh, like among all the sets they've done, like Saber Wolf and Banjo Kazooie and all the ones, is that the the Viva Pinata set. One, it's very vibrant and colorful and and like um, gaudy and and in all the great ways. But um, it features like designs of pinata species, yeah, embedded into the architecture of these things. Like so, if you have the cannons. The cannons on the Paradise Garden ship are like they've got like the the Swanana and I don't know what else you know and the, like the 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 wheel the 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 ship's wheel is like a Dragonash, uh, you know. The, there's all these things, um, and in this case, the pistol is a pistol with a chameleon design on it, and it's uh, in Viva Pinata it's a Jameleon, and then the Cutlass which is like snake themed has the serpent uh like snake piñata which yeah i really appreciate how deep they get with the references here cuz normally with viva piñata you only see just like pokemon generally you 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 have sort of uh piñatas that are used to promote the brand uh when when it's promoted right. it's fudgehog uh horstachio but but they, they these are deeper dives the stuff you don't normally see reference yes yeah there's a lot of good you know in, in the ship set included um you know some deep cuts the the buzzle gum uh the you know uh even the sails which the sails are just like color patterns like zigzag colors and stuff those are referencing particular species i think one of them is a fudge hog mm-hmm. um speaking of but uh you know there's a lot of i think the whole ship set references at least seven oh yeah uh um 
the capstan has a Galagoo on there, you know. Gala Gala <laughs> is not exactly the Pikachu of Viva no, Piñata. No, you know what I mean? No. You know, it's it, it it's it's in there. It's deep it's it's like they put the the, the Oddish of Viva Piñata on the ship set. You know, yeah. they, they they're getting into the deeper cuts. And we like that. That's great. And then now now we have Viva Piñata weapons. Can I say this, Hyle? Yeah. Um I although I like that they're adding these weapons, and I and I assume they're going to add the rest of the set. Like we we need a blunderbuss and we need an eye of rage. Um, how in the fuck did they not do a shovel? Yeah, it, it, it it's it's the same irritation I have with the fact that I obviously like the shovel. Of course, that makes so much sense considering that was like your main object. It's like the yeah. main yeah. object in. Viva but it's, it's also why I'm pissy that the Baron Bird set doesn't have uh, a leaky pail, um, like in the same like color right. pattern. Like it, this, like just surefire one to one fan pleasing things that they just go out of their way not to do, or they just don't realize they don't they don't think to do it because even though you work at Rare, you're not as uh, immersed in the world of Rare as weirdos like us. So you know. We we are the wrong ones. Like we are the weirdos. We're disgusting, I, right? Yeah, but that that needs to be said. If you work at Rare, you shouldn't necessarily be a weirdo like me. But if you're making Sea of Thieves items based on Viva Pinata, at some point somebody should connect the dot and say, you know, the number one item you use in Viva Pinata is a shovel, and the number one item you use in a pirate game to dig up treasure all the time is also a shovel. So where's the Viva Piñata shovel? Like like where's the leaky the bucket bucket? Right. I, I'm not I'm not trying to throw shade. I'm just saying. And I I would be it's, advocating for- It's like when It's like when Nabisco came out with Oreos that were s'more flavored and they were titled Oreos s'more flavored and that's s'moreos but they weren't called s'moreos right no you know? it's, it's it's horrifying it's like when they did the um you remember the movie um now you see me and and they did the sequel <laughs> called and yeah. the, the sequel is called now you see me too and it's just like no 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 why why isn't the sequel called now you don't oh stupid yes it's like it, you just need like you 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 need like a few minutes to come up with that, right. like, and they probably worked on that movie for a year. <laughs> and, and you know, like, I I I would be advocating so much harder for the shovel and, and Leaky the bucket if it wasn't for the fact that I've got my hands full with my uh, goddamn TT campaign, <laughs> which TT themed. Time, time piece. Well, and yeah. I wouldn't be advocating for TT. That would never even cross my mind if they hadn't put him in the game. In the, I know we can't say Unity. That's a bad word now, but it was in the Unity build, and I, I was just like, this is amazing. And then they've deprived me of it in the commercial build for Sea of Thieves. Well, and then the fact that like your pirate has less than a dozen like main items that he holds or whatever and one of them is just a stopwatch like you have you you hold a dozen items in your pocket one of them is a stopwatch and then we've already seen tt in the unity build like beta you know pre-alpha whatever version of the game 
like at some you know the the dots are connected you you have to give us tt as a stopwatch and, that's the law and the thing the way the way tt I, I can talk about this now the way tt worked in the unity build was he worked like a ship trinket uh that that's how b- far back ship trinkets go right the, the, the notion of them so Damn. you could hang tt on the wall and so i'm like all right we can hang things on the wall of our ship now where's my tt clock Still, still, I'm gonna hang them right over my bed, Jeff. They lost the plot. I think they lost the plot a little bit, but but they did give us a Jamelian <laughs> pistol in the year 2023. So like, I'm not trying to be a complainer. I I'm I am enjoying what I'm getting. Uh, and do you think that this implies like the the notion that they did Paradise Garden weapons like completely out of nowhere? Really, like probably three years since they've done any kind of rare heritage stuff. Do you think that implies they might have other assets already developed for like banjo themed items, killer instinct themed items? They did do the uh, killer instinct uh, weapons. They did the saber wolf costume. There has been like a a smattering. I forgot about the costume. Like you said, they've been so low key. They've just been matter of fact, like, Oh yeah, this is also in the Emporium. So I have to imagine we will get Banjo Kazooie. We we hopefully get a conquer something or other. There could be fun things you could do with conquer, like a tankard that looks like his, uh, like milk. Conquer uses guns in his game a lot. So we should probably get conquer guns. I, I want the slingshot. I just want to. I just want to. I just want to fling nuts oh. at people. Like it's a pistol, like functionally, but it just <laughs> physically looks like a <laughs> looks slingshot. Like a stupid slingshot. Like, I, then I can cosplay as Dennis yeah, the Menace too. Sweet. It's amazing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. With like uh, old man, whatever. <laughs> Mister um, Wilson. <laughs> Why do I know this? That's his Why name. Why do I know this? Old man, yeah. whatever. I. Re- I. I don't even. You know. I don't even read the comics i just remember that film there was a film if you remember about dennis so the i i didn't like the film but when i was a very very young kid i watched the uh like the, the 1960s uh, tv show and like nick and knight or something and the i didn't even know about yeah, it, the, yeah. the interesting thing about that one is there was a you know dennis the menace dennis the menace and mr wilson and then the actor who played mr wilson died so they introduced his brother, Mr. Wilson, so they could still have a Mr. He's Wilson, still a Wilson. But without just having a new actor play him. This this is the other Mr. Wilson, my brother. I'm dead now. He's moved in. <laughs> I'm dead now. Yeah. People are always saying that. Old people. Um, Dennis the Menace. Yeah, I'm sorry. That th- could be the next. Yeah. The, it could be the next crossover. The, I mean, they've done... Monkey Island. What else? Could be Dennis. Dennis the Menace. I think. I think it would be too edgy. I, I. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know if people could handle that. Parental groups would complain. Well, they're working with Disney, so you know maybe they could do the Phantom Menace, everyone's favorite Star Wars film. Jeff, you're avoiding the the next thing we have to talk about, probably because it hurts you so much. <sighs> yeah, I might. I might. <laughs> you might. I might be kind of dragging my feet. So they they had the whole storyline like last year about the the siege on Golden Sands outpost where 
you, the player, could decide the fate of Golden Sands, basically, because there was this this war between the forces of the Pirate Lord, you know, and Athena's Fortune, and the forces of Captain Flameheart and the, the Reaper's Bones. And they were kind of warring over Golden Sands Outpost, so you either could save it, or it could kind of become a secondary Reaper's hideout, a, a second island of evil for the forces of Flameheart. And this kind of hit home for you and, and our friend Dre because Golden Sands Outpost uh, is is the, um, the the source material, the, the thing that your blog was named after, Golden Sands Blog Post. And I, you picked Golden Sands because I think it's one of the more evocative outpost names in the game to do this pun with. Yeah, I mean, it easily could have been something like Daggertooth blog post or whatever, but I just thought that Golden Sands gave the most, um, the most pirate feeling like general location. Like it's it's like this beach. It's it's Caribbean. It's bright and sunny. You know, places like Daggertooth or Plunder or whatever. They felt like they didn't really have the. So I mean, I was right. I picked the right you name. Did. It's also exactly why they picked that island to be destroyed, because it is like the most classic, evocative, like perfect outpost. It's 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 the one they knew would have the biggest impact on players. And Mike Chapman has met me. So like he probably like did it on purpose because he he's like, oh, fuck with this guy's blog. You didn't make a good first Um, impression. So he said, I'll get that, Jeff. I'll get him. I'm short. He's he's like a tall guy, and I wonder if it's, that. Matters. It's not that you're short, Jeff. You're you're of average height. It's that Mike Chapman is a giant. I am of average height. I don't normally feel short, but Mike Chapman makes me feel short, and I wonder if that matters to him. Right. He's like, I'm going to ruin this guy's blog. You you you, uh, you you climbed up his beanstalk, and and you just <laughs> you just ruined his day. I was like, hey, look at that golden goose. He's like, no, that's not a golden goose. That's a swanana. <laughs> So uh. so anyway, they they had this big event where you could you you had to go to war to save Golden Sands uh, outpost, or if you were of a more fouler persuasion, uh, destroy it. Amazingly, the forces of good won for once in this topsy turvy world, and we saved Golden Sands outpost. But at the end of the day, they still got rid of it, kind of. Yeah, they rebuilt the island, uh, built it up to, they're like, okay, well, if we're going to save this island, let's let's really invest and build and and make a, the first fully invested, like, pirate port town right. in Sea of Thieves, where not not just some, like, little outpost, like a, a an, an outcropping of barely, uh, in inhabited civilization no this is a port town the first port in all of sea of thieves and uh which is cool and and they, all the architecture that that entailed but they renamed it at first they were calling it new golden sands outpost which is fine i mean it did, which is it was, the, it was still the same location so they didn't really make much sense to call it new golden sands when it was still physically the same Golden Sands, like it, right? If, if you, it's not like an immigrant from Golden Sands settled a new land. If you know? if if, if uh, you were to bomb the entirety of England, 
uh, and then they rebuilt it. They wouldn't just call that New England. There's a New England because it was uh, populated by settlers from the old England, and they were like, this will be the New England for us. Uh, so, so, right. but still, New Golden Sands at least uh, honored the legacy of, of Golden Sands. But then there was, there was uh, another event, and uh, Merrick got himself killed like an idiot. He did get himself killed. I don't know if I'd have called him an idiot. Is, oh, is, Mimi was like brave then. On. I don't know. I, I, I. But M- M- Merrick died, which, you know, in Sea of Thieves doesn't really mean much because you die, but you can still hang around as either, you can either reincarnate, you know, in your physical body, uh, like like Gandalf, or you could just uh, hang around as a ghost, you know, like Wrinkly Kong. So you, there's no getting rid of you, unless you get trapped in a sword or something like that. Uh, you're you're gonna be sticking around, yeah, or a painting, or a painting, yeah. R.I.P. Rest, rest it, Pendragon. Um, but yeah, so so Merrick died in a way uh, and became a ghost, but he basically like had to give up living because of. Uh, the bad guys were gonna like come after his family if he if he didn't like go away. So he's basically just like uh, he's like, well, I'll retire. That's what that's like the worst that can happen to you in the Sea of Thieves world uh, is like you 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 don't actually die, but you're like, I guess I'll become a ghost and I'll retire. <laughs> that's what that's kind of like what the pirate lord is. Yeah. He's not gone. He's like around. He still shows up. He's just every like week, I'm his, but yeah, he. Yeah, he's always around, but he's like, I, I'm basically retired. That just means I became a ghost. Um, so Pendragon did that, or uh, not Pendragon, sorry. Pendragon did not do that. He sucks. He's gone. <laughs> uh, Merrick did that. Sorry, Pendragon fans. He doesn't suck. He's a good guy. Uh, Merrick, they named the island after him because he, he he's like he's like the guy who protected Golden Sun. He was, he was the main so advocate decided, for saving it, yeah. Right, he was like a he was like a big force in organizing the effort to save the island, and because of that, they said, "Well, it's it's we're gonna call, we're gonna rename the island. It's not an outpost anymore. It's been so developed; it's no longer an outpost. Let's give it a new name, and the name will be Port Merrick." Right, and that name officially kind of stuck and and arrived early on in season nine with a new like a statue dedicated to Merrick. That you can check out. That's right, and you know, and now that's what it says. I, I, I do like, like, divorced from my, my attachment to the name Golden Sands Outpost for your sake, Jeff. I do like having that evolving world and, and saying, like, we're we're going to take this island and we're going to name it after this fallen NPC, this fallen hero within the world of Sea of Thieves. That makes sense, and that's good. Like. I, I like the fluidity of the world of Sea of Thieves. You, what's the point of having a living game and an ongoing story if you can't have that and indulge in that a little bit? But yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, sorry, sorry about your luck, Jeff. It's fine, honestly. You know, I think it, uh, it, it almost lends my blog a sort of vintage, like inside baseball type feel like if you if you're brand new to sea of thieves you don't know what the name of the blog even means golden sands blog post 
and then that alone is almost like an Easter egg. It's like, yeah, it's a treat. It's it's like it's, it's like DK Vine. You know, people people will come to it, and you know they don't make Donkey Kong games anymore. But for those in the know, <laughs> you know, the, I wasn't gonna yeah. say it, but yeah, uh, yeah. So so that happened. The island is what it is, and then we actually we did have the fifth the fifth anniversary of the game. Five years. Five years of yeah. the game seven months ago. <laughs> so we're pretty much at six years at this point. But uh, yeah, there was a fifth anniversary celebration. I don't I don't remember what they uh, did in the game. I don't remember. Honestly, it coincided with like a community weekend, which is like this was the first time that they took community day and they extended it to a weekend. And it, at the time it was billed as like. This is a special one-time treat. We're going to make Community Day into two days because it's the fifth anniversary and it's special. And then more people will be able to partake because, you know, depending on your time zone or your work schedule, maybe you can't make it for a single day or whatever. So so they're like, we'll make a Community Weekend and we'll make it two days. There was They did some login bonuses. They did that big, like, selfie wall where you can pose in front of this picture um at which was on port merrick and it was a big like v like a roman numeral five a v for fifth anniversary or or whatever um that was like part of it and then we all took pictures and they had the new emote which was like the hiding in the barrel emote yeah but it was a barrel that had the banana cake on top and you could hide in that barrel now. Yeah, so so the, there, there's also a separate emote where you ha- you your pirate whips out a barrel with a banana cake on top, and you start cutting the banana and cake. And you chop with, it. And I love that emote. It's one of my go-tos whenever I... You use that one all the... Like, you love that yeah, emote. You use it all the time. Because here's the thing. I like bananas. I like banana cakes. And... I I can chop it with my sword, and that's fun. You know, I I stem off that. So whenever I have to go to the bathroom or give my dog meds or whatever, whatever takes me away from the game, I'm going to be like, well, I I have to have some sort of fun emote. So I'm going to usually cut a banana cake. But yeah, now you can just hide underneath the banana cake. Life-changing. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. It's it's all right. It's good. So, yeah, fifth anniversary came and went. You got some free rewards if you logged into the game or or whatever you had to do. And then uh, they had a lot of these little events all throughout the summer and and, uh, into September and everything. Um, One of them was the game's second mystery yeah i i Uh, almost forgot all about this until i saw it in the show notes thanks for adding it jeff um so this this is like like the first mystery this is kind of a mixed bag for me because i am not in any like i am not into this sort of like um viral kind of mystery solving like terminally online run to social media like for people who didn't for people that weren't like around the in sea of thieves they've done a couple of quote mysteries and the and the idea is there's sort of an arg campaign sort of a there are puzzles to solve in a like a, a an elaborate riddle that happens outside of the video game with clues and things you have to decipher that might show up across social media and other avenues and using like really high level, like puzzle solving 
various types of ciphers and stuff. And then that will then translate to things that are happening in the video game. Um, those are what, that's what mysteries are. And the, the problem is if you like, aren't the Batman and, and you know, you, you're not into Paul Dano giving you riddles, then it, the, that whole aspect of it, you're just not going to engage with. Cause you know, I, I don't have the time. You don't have the time. And there's always going to be somebody who solves it first. Uh, so that, that, was, that right. was the biggest thing that kept me from really getting into that first mystery. It, it had a cool set piece at the end, which I appreciated. And anybody could, you know, engage with those aspects of it if you found out where it was or how to do it. But I, I thought at the very least this mystery, beyond the initial solving aspect of it... I thought it was a little bit more engaging because it unlocked actual quest in the game, voyages to do in the game, which I actually thought were kind of fun. Yeah. So just like the difference between the two, like, so there was, there was a mystery, uh, like last year, it was this whole sort of murder mystery. Who, who done it? Like who, killed demarco saying the son of the pirate lord i guessed uh, oj but i was wrong he wasn't born yet um (laughs) see if these is actually set in the past oh but this is uh, why you're the detective not me this is why i have a whole blog um but yeah so you know uh i think the big difference this one was like super structured this one was like it will last exactly four weeks. Every week there will be one puzzle. When people solve that puzzle, it will unlock a thing, and then people can do a thing. And then for four weeks, that will be how it works for four, you know, and it was done. The first mystery was, like, super unstructured. It was, like, over the course of, like, four months, uh, like, stuff would happen, and then, like, for, like, long periods of time, nothing would happen. Yeah. And if you were, like, paying attention, you could just, like, go in the game and find what you needed to find and discover something. But then, like, there'd be, like, these long gaps or, like, nobody knew what was going on. Like, you'd wait for the social media team to, like, release the next step or whatever. So, this is, like, very different approaches. And, like, there are benefits to both. I mean, there's definitely, like, the first one felt more mysterious. That's a fact. Like, the, like the things that you could discover in the game and what they led to, like, felt more obscure and mysterious and, like, interesting. Whereas in this, it was, like, very structured in a way that, like, it was better for the form factor of it. But, like, it 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 definitely, like, was less maybe mysterious. Uh, it, it, uh... But yeah, so basically the way they did it is they would come out with like a letter uh, with like this mystery, like this puzzle to solve that happened outside of the game. That would include clues that you could discover across social media and across various platforms from Sea of Thieves and official sources. And then if you found all the things and you kind of figured out what you had to do with them and, and, and again, these are like pretty complex puzzles like yeah. various like ciphers and things you'd have to use 
you would eventually arrive upon a code that is the answer to that riddle. And then if you took that code, you could enter it into a website and you would get a voyage in the video game. And anybody who entered that code would get that voyage. And then the voyage would just have you go and do like a riddle in the game, which was more straightforward. Like, like obviously solving a riddle in the game is still solving a riddle. Like there's still like solving to be done, but it was like, that was fun for us. I, I enjoyed doing that, going through that yeah, with especially you. Especially because we didn't care about actually trying to win the actual physical prize, which the um, grand prize winner of this mystery would get, which was, what was it? It was a replica of the Gold Hoarder skull in real life. Yeah. At the end of four weeks, like when the final one, when the final puzzle came out, the very first crew like the very first person to solve that puzzle and then do the voyage in the game and complete it the like the first person in the world to do that would get a gold hoarder's skull replica made of real gold that was worth up to twenty thousand dollars in gold or something and um Obviously, we didn't care about that. Like, we're not, you, you're never, you, like, we're not going to be the first, no. you know? That's not us. We're just guys. We're just some, we're just some fellas. We haven't even had sex in limos. How are we going to do this? I never had sex in a limo. Yeah. I didn't even masturbate in a limo. So, so obviously, this is beyond us, but we can, at the very least, that, that fear of missing out. Uh, it's satiated because you're still going to be able to do the quest so long as you are online and you know what the code is. You can put that in, get unlock the voyages, do the voyages, and there's in-game rewards like uh, trinkets you can put on your ship for doing all of them, which in this case was an in-game replica of the Gold Hoarder Skull as well as the Gold Hoarder Coin, which kind of looks like the Platonic Play Coin. Um... So, we got that, and I, I wanted that for my ship, for the Dreadfully Evil, so uh, that that felt good. But I, I did enjoy these voyages, yeah. even though they kind of started getting uh, repetitive around the, the fourth week or whatever, but it, it was... I liked, I liked that it didn't last four months yeah. of sort of aimlessness. I will agree. And then I liked... Yeah, I will ahead. agree that this mystery was less interesting than the first one. As far as the story being told, I did not care whatsoever about any of this. Uh, but Right. Story-wise, there wasn't much to it. There was a mysterious character named H, and, and eventually we found out that that character is, is uh, Hogarth the Gold Hoarder, who was a character introduced in one of the Sea of Thieves comic books. Um, but, like, this character H was putting us on this quest, but there really wasn't a lot of, like, intrigue to the story. It was just, like, solve the riddle, do the quest, dig up the thing. Yeah. There wasn't, like, a story to it. Whereas the first one was very much more of an intrigue of, like, you like, DeMarco is dead. Who killed him? And throughout that story, there were moments where there was like a suspect and you're like, is it, could it really be them that killed him? And then it turns out to be someone else. And, 
And like, th- that's like a story. Like you were following along and like interested in where it was going. This one didn't feel like a story. It just felt like somebody sent you on a quest for the sake of a quest, yeah. um, which was fine. Like, like, but I did appreciate that it was like very like it, it happened and it, and you knew when to engage. But with again, it. like mechanically, I I had a lot of fun with this at first. I I got a little old near the end, but I would be fine with more of these voyages in the game because it, yeah, it was it was something different at the very least. Yeah, um, if this had been the first one, I would have said this is, like, great and I would want more of it. I think the fact that the this is the second one and then the first one was, like, so much more intriguing. I, I want to see some kind of uh, in-between of the two. Something that is very structured and limited and, like, you know it, it's only going to last for, like, four weeks and you know when you have to engage with it or whatever. I want that. I want those factors. But then I also kind of want a little bit more of the intrigue and the um, like you're you're caring about like what is the story they're telling? Where is it going to go? Like this one didn't have that at all. No. Um, but yeah, no, it, it was fine. It was good. And then that was it. It was over. <laughs> it was like four. It happened in May. Happened in May, and then it was over. Look at and that. We forgot about it, like it, like it never happened at all. And yeah. then, then season ten came out in June. Oh, wait, no, oh, no, actually, no. didn't. Yeah. So, so was was June when it was supposed to come out, and then they were just stalling for time for the rest of the summer into fall. Yeah, I don't think they ever like said anything, but like that, you know, typically a season will last about three months. Well, then they have the they, they have the in game uh, countdown yeah. for your your seasonal uh, renown, right? So you right. know how much more time you have, and then they just kept adding time to it. So, okay, they're like, yeah, you've only got three weeks to finish this, and that thing just keeps going. They're like, all right, well, now you've got another three weeks. Um, yeah, so they did a lot of little events throughout. This time they did uh, Captain's Week and later a Legends Week, which were just these little kind of events they did that were like, for a limited time, there was boosted rewards. If you played the game, you get like extra renown, extra reputation and gold. Um, During Captain's Week, which came in June, uh, they rebalanced a lot of the captaincy milestones. Like some of them were a little out of whack. Like, uh, you know, do something a million times to get a It was thing. a bit excessive. And, uh, yeah. It, yeah. And, and they've done this before in the past with, like, achievements or other accommodations. Like, they've come in and said, you know what? We need to rebalance that. But we feel bad if somebody actually pulled it off. Like, that 1% of people or whatever. Who did it the first, so they'd very say, first like, day. Okay, yeah. Right. Uh, so yeah, if you play the game 80 hours a day, uh, you, you do deserve something. So then they were like, okay, we rebound some milestones, but if you're one of the, the few, the proud, the Marines, then you get a bonus. And they did that, which was whatever. Um, a gold, a gold table. A gold table is what? Yeah. yeah, Okay. You could like eat breakfast there or whatever. I don't care. (laughs) Uh, and they did a thing with Captain's care. Week where if you sold a certain number of items throughout the event, you could earn some new swords. So I, typical, yeah. typical Sea of Thieves. Not, event. not very great discussion material. 
Let's be honest. No. no. Um, the swords were sharp and pointy. Yeah, yeah, like all the swords in this game. There was a new adventure, though. The, the one adventure in the entire season. Now, adventures were the big new addition, like the previous year. And, and I feel like adventures right. kind of fell by the wayside a little bit in 2023. Yeah, they sort of announced that they were sort of stopping them and rethinking them. Um, the first adventure launched at the very tail end of season five, but it was like the big thing about season six, like season six, like, okay, adventure every month, season six, season seven, season eight. And they did 11 of them in a row, like 11 months. And then, then there was a delay, then there was a gap and they kind of said, you know, uh, we're rethinking how we're doing this. But in June... In later in June, they did come out with the twelfth adventure, and adventures are these sort of limited time story focused like challenges. Like you, 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 you join the game, you can go on a little quest and do something, but it, it advances the story of the game of what is going on lately in the sea of thieves it's kind of an evolution uh, and, from yeah. the early events of sea of thieves like hungering deep um but maybe a little bit smaller sized than than that was but time limited they affect the ongoing story of the game so you can't replay them like the tall tales but but there are they're effectively tall tales that are just time limited yeah, they're like a tall tale light. Obviously, the scope and budget of them uh, in general didn't have, like, new features as much. Like, they, they a lot of times, were sort of repurposing content and, and like, um, some of them were of larger scale than others, obviously. But, yeah, so we got a new, tall, a new adventure in late June. It was called A Dark Deception. And at the time, we didn't know... That plot-wise, it was actually leading into the yet-to-be-announced and yet-to-be-released Legend of Monkey Island Tall Tales. This was interesting, the way uh, they did we- this. We're, like, we're not going to get into spoilers too much, but because we, we don't want to spoil any of the Monkey Island stuff. But right. it, it, um, it, it sort of kind of served as a backdoor pilot to that like sort of a prologue right. that you didn't even realize a prologue, was a prologue. For sure. yeah yeah it, what was interesting is that we didn't know what was coming as a like we didn't know what it was setting up yeah. uh it just was another adventure to us at the time um but yeah so we went on this little adventure in a, in a story where the pirate lord sent us off to do some tasks and the pirate lord himself was honestly acting a little bit out of character. And we, I don't think we all like fully picked up on I, it so right away. I, were, were you on, were yeah. you on the stream where we played it or I, I played it? Yes. This? Okay. Uh, um, yes. I, I did comment on how out of character he was being written. Like, right. Um, I, I I like specifically say like this seems like weird dialogue for him. He it doesn't feel like the character of Ramsey, and 
of course, I wasn't putting together the pieces. I wasn't putting together that the adventure was called A Dark right. Deception. Uh, but at least I was picking up on that, that this does not feel right. We always like to have a joke that the pirate lord is our ghost dad. Right. Uh, he's a ghost, and he's sort of like our dad, if 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 our pirates had a dad. He's our ghost dad. He sort of mentors us into the pirate life. And, uh, you know, when your ghost dad is being a little more crass and a little more uh, rambunctious, you do pick up on that. But I don't think anyone, like, entertained, like, for a moment that, like, it's not actually him. Yeah. Like, nobody was like, I bet this is an imposter. Like, no, nobody, like, made that jump. Um, but that is what eventually uh, is revealed to be the case, is it wasn't actually the Pirate Lord. I, I like this adventure. Like, I, it's not, like, one of the more memorable ones, except for what it sets up. But I like anything you do in Sea of Thieves, where you, you, you or your crew inadvertently cause all the trouble that's to come it it puts the blame right. squarely on your shoulders and gives you a tremendous amount of guilt exactly yeah we we do that a lot like flameheart is back because of us every everything major that happens is oftentimes because we did a thing and just like uh-oh yeah, and, and within Whoops. within your own personal canon of Sea of Thieves, it's your pirate's fault because you're the one who unleashed this hell spawn or this this force of evil onto the Sea of Thieves. Right. So there were some interesting little set pieces throughout this tale. You kind of went on a little quest to do a few tasks, and uh, one of the things is that at each point that you went to, there were these like uh, sort of possessed little ghost rats yeah uh and if you interacted with the spot you could like see the rat escape and then like you had to do that at all like three maybe like three different locations and like interact with the rat um which turns out to be like the rat is the spy just able to shape shift into the form of the rat and he's like watching everything you do um, but that was cool, like seeing the rats with the glowing ghost eyes uh in the you know, like in the captain's quarters of the of the Black Witch shipwreck. There was a rat, I think I remember, so Yeah. That was neat. Can Dracula turn into a rat, Jeff? Can he or did he? Can he? Would you say? Because I know Dracula can turn into a bat and into like mist and sometimes a wolf. That's one of those things. Is, uh, yeah, like, I think that, like, the standard cliche is that vampires turn into bats. But, like, the original, like, some of those, you know, stories is it's not just a bat. It's, like, dude can turn into, like, a bat, a wolf, a rat, a fucking, I don't know, rabbit, jackal. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what Dra- I don't know all what Dracula can do. It depends well, on the continuity that's the you're in. So you see, and you see these ghost I rats. I don't know what continuity we live in. Yeah. So you see these ghost rats. You think it might be a spy, but then you think it might be Dracula spying up on it us. It might. Yeah. It might be a Dracula. Like that could be Gary Oldman, and he's out and about. You know, because here's and, the thing: and we didn't like, know what where's this, Anthony Hopkins. We didn't know what this was setting up, Jeff. We did not know, and so really th- that did. that Dracula on a boat movie was coming out, and I was like, that would be a good Sea of Thieves crossover. Maybe we're gonna get Dracula on a boat. Dracula on a boat. 
if if they put the Demeter in Sea of Thieves, like in the Pirate Emporium, I'd buy it. I'd say, hey, uh, I want to buy that because Dracula was on the Demeter. It was the last voyage that the Demeter ever took of the Demeter. Until you and buy it in the Emporium, and then you can I watched many it. more voyages of the Demeter. David Dasmalkian's in that movie. Anyway, uh, <laughs> speaking of Shipwreck Bay, where the Black Witch uh, crash wreckage resides, uh, when we went when we went to that island to do this tale, to do this adventure, they there was also another shipwreckage conspicuously uh, being reconstructed on the island. There's this, like, big construction zone with, like, scaffolding and, like, uh, like, what do you call those pulley things? Uh, like, crane-type pulley things and stuff. And, uh, they were, they're, the, the forces of evil, whoever they are, are rebuilding the Burning Blade ship. Captain Flameheart's flagship vessel. Which was exciting, uh... And I, I kind of forgot about that because it was like months ago. But like, I haven't, I haven't been to Shipwreck Bay in a I, little while. I forgot all about this too. But also, it's just like, yeah, they're rebuilding it, but we, all, we can fight it as a ghost ship as well. So it's just, well, that's a memory. I know it's a memory. It's confusing, of it. Jeff, when you've got memories and the real things running around, and then you've got like reincarnated memories of characters. And it's just like, oh, oh my god. Oh my god. You got spies dressed up as pirate lords in conjunction with the real pirate lord. It's a lot. More like a pirate fraud. That almost <laughs> rhymes. Uh Yeah, you know, it's 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 a whole thing because I think that the, if Flameheart, we know that Flameheart in the flesh is coming back. That was the outcome of one of the community like adventure vote right. type the side that wanted Flameheart to come back won, which means that Flameheart is coming back in the flesh, and, and Arthur Pendragon's soul is forever cursed to be bound, to be gone, to be sad. And uh, if Flameheart's coming back in the flesh, then he's going to need a ship in the flesh. And when I say flesh, I mean wood. He's going to need a ship in the wood. And so they're rebuilding it, and it's happening. But on the tail, we had to climb up. We had to, like, shoot out of a cannon to, like, land on the deck of the ship or whatever. Yeah. And then go up to the um, the figurehead and look at it to, like, get... I don't remember what we had to do, but we, we had, had to, to go to the figurehead, right? chisel off a piece of it or something? Break off yes. a piece? Yeah. We had, to, we had to chisel off a piece, but then we got this fun little, like, Flameheart jump scare. Yeah. Like a, a ghost in the machine. Happy Halloween in June. It's okay because yeah. you celebrate. Yeah. You start your Halloween celebrations in June for it's like the 180 days of Halloween or something, right? Right, the 180 days of Halloween. Yeah. Um, so I'm already doing my marathons. I I'm like deep into Goosebumps season three at that point. So, uh, yeah, no, it it, it is fun. Flameheart jump and scare you, and you said, "Oh, I'm scared and I'm jumping." So we liked it. And then at one point you had to go to Madame Olivia on Plunder Outpost and uh, she has this whole spiel uh, about like she's sad that Pendragon is gone even though that was like six months ago. She suddenly has new dialogue. 
she's like pendragon's gone and i'm sad about it and and it turns out maybe they they kind of shipped together but uh you have to steal her like priceless heirloom compass that reminds that is like her pendragon present or whatever yeah and it's kind of funny yeah you steal from a grieving widow yeah you do this whole thing where you like um you have to go and knock on a door and a, and a rat comes out then the rat goes and distracts her and it distracts her long enough that you just steal you just rob her and we've been doing business together with her for five years <laughs> right so it's it's pretty it's pretty bad that we robbed her finally i mean what what do you expect when you do business with pirates we are pirates that's i i like to remind myself once in a while uh we'll, we will play both sides so we always come out on top um, but eventually, the way the tale, the way the adventure culminates is that you end up uh, discovering a hidden chamber underneath Port Merrick, like in the depths of the Port Merrick catacombs. And there is a hidden chamber that the Pirate Lord keeps as sort of a, it's his garage. You you get into the Pirate Lord's garage, and he's got his, um, like, old albums and everything. And, uh... All the little artifacts from sort of previous tall tales and adventures and things that took place. And we get in there and we steal the what remains of the Sword of Souls, which Arthur Pendragon used when he was the champion of souls. But the sword itself became cursed and uh, imbued with Flameheart's evil ritual magic. When Pendragon tried to bind Flameheart's soul during the Return of the Damned Adventure event, uh, but failed. And the sword itself absorbed all the bad magics. Yeah, yeah. And uh, turns out this whole thing was a setup. Because uh, this, this, <gasps> this, uh, this pirate lord who sent us on this quest wasn't actually the real pirate lord as we already alluded to he just wanted to get his hands on this sword and uh you you, you give it to him right like he he wanted to figure out where this uh where the real pirate lord's little treasure trove is his garage as you said right like where where he kept all of his shit like his uh his thigh master rest in peace suzanne summers and then you, you you go in there, and he goes in there, and it's like, ah, you, here it is. And then uh, you hand him the sword or whatever. He gets his hand on the sword, and he starts laughing maniacally. And you're like, well, that's not normal. That's not normal behavior. And then and then uh, the real pirate lord appears, and he, he says, what have you done? And then you know you, you, you screwed up. Yeah, you ever, like, uh, do something for your dad? But then um, after you're done, your dad shows up and you're like, what the? There's two of you. Which one? And he's like, shoot him. And he's like, no, shoot yeah. him. I'm your dad. Um, like in Goosebumps. Um, that's what happened. And it was scary because that's our ghost dad. And, you know, we don't we don't we don't want that. But, um, yeah, it all turns out to be a little bit of foreshadowing and setup for the Legend of Monkey Island Tall Tales that we're going to talk about on a future episode and not spoil here. No. But at the time, it was more of a cliffhanger. We it didn't was. know 
where the story was and, going. And sea of Thieves has got so many branching storylines at this point that, you know, we, we didn't know what this would be in service of. We didn't even know that the Monkey Island Tall Tales were coming, but we thought you know, this might, you know, set up more of the Flame Heart plot or something else. But this turned out to be uh, a branch of the plot that went into a completely different direction. Uh, which I, I appreciate. I like how messy the Sea of Thieves story is. I like that it's just all over the place right now because you remember the Dark Brethren? Remember them? Yeah. Yeah, they're still out and there. And like for for a minute they were like the main plot. Yeah. Uh because they got us to bring back Captain Briggsy and they're trying to find the ancients temple inside the sea of the damned where all the ancients have that's right uh moved to live and yeah. and and to find maybe the cure for skeletonism uh like <laughs> that's, that's the term that was a whole plot and we we don't know where that's going yet we haven't resolved it yet yeah that so. that almost like left off a year ago and we haven't picked it back up and i know there are like big time big city sea of thieves streamers and and youtubers and what have you who complain about the state of the Sea of Thieves plot as it exists right now. You're like, oh, it's just meandering. They don't know where anything's going. There's there's no consistency uh, with how it's being presented. I can see that. Uh, but my personal opinion is uh, chillax, baby. Because I, for me, I, I just enjoy the game. And I enjoy seeing the plot unfold as it unfolds. But I'm in no hurry, really. Uh, I, I like being surprised. And uh, this this whole tangent was a surprise. This whole adventure was a surprise, honestly. I thought this had some of the sharpest writing of any of the adventures because there was a lot of foreshadowing. There were a lot of clues in here that something was up with this pirate lord. And once, you, once the deception was re- realized and then you thought back to everything that had happened, you're like... Oh, and that's that's good writing where you don't tip your hand immediately, but you leave the uh, player unsettled just enough that they realize something is wrong, but they can't quite piece it together. I I thought it was definitely handled. I, I really liked the writing for this whole Dark Deception adventure. I agree completely. Yeah, I think this adventure was one of the better ones in at least... If for sure in the writing department and just like some cool little bits um definitely memorable uh i i think that in terms of like they were at one point on like a really strong cadence of like the story and where it is moving and what's going on uh and then they kind of stopped and for me i'm fine with that i would be fine with the story unfolding at a slower pace, like, you know, I don't need an adventure every month to carry the story forward because it seems clear that the uh, there was not a sustainability factor to, like, what they were doing with that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, from a development point of view. Uh, that So that doesn't bother me. I think that if the story continued regularly but a bit slower, like maybe every season the story progressed instead of sure. every month, That'd be fine. That'd be great. That I don't mind that at all. Um, and you know, uh, 
I think that the fact that they were doing the Monkey Island Tall Tales, and, and I don't know the timeline, like, behind the scenes. I don't know the timeline of, like, when did they know they were doing Monkey Island? When did they start, like, really working on it? Like, what team within their teams? They have multiple teams. Like, like the, the, the timeline of everything is not really, like, sa- we're not savvy to that. But it seems the case that, like, you know, at whatever point they were doing these adventures, they stopped and then the story of the game paused while they worked on the monkey Island story. And I'm fine with that because it's clear that like they had an opportunity to tell that story, which we're not going to spoil or talk about at all, but like that story happened and it came and now it's done. And like, that was a big moment for the game. That was a big moment for the development team. And they got to do that. They got to like tell a monkey Island story in sea of thieves. So like that, I think was maybe the big disruption. Yeah. Um, and we're gonna find out soon enough. Like, how does the game's normal story pick up from here and then continue? Like, what is what does that look like? What is the cadence of that uh, in the form factor? We'll get to that. It'll happen soon. But uh, you know, I I don't have any problem with it. Like basically taking a pause because they got an opportunity to do Monkey Island in Sea of Thieves. Like that's that's cool and it's worthwhile. Yeah, like like you said, the story can slow down. Um, I I think progressing a little bit every season would be the perfect pace for me personally. But yeah, I I just don't get the complaints that you know. The, I I I feel like the draw for me is a rare game that kind of never ends, you know, and I'm in no hurry to really blow through the plot. So. Yeah. 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 But I also don't play 80 hours a day, so. Yeah, if you played 80 hours a day, you'd probably get bored. Yeah, I'd probably be sick of this shit by now. That game has no content. (sighs) Spot on. That's exactly how they sound. That game has no content. Wow, uh, just like that. So, <laughs> well, we're 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 so then the Monkey we're, Island. We're on the sea of Thieves partner track right now, Jeff. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. No, just go. Yeah, we're on Twitch, and uh, <laughs> Jeff, you got a beard. I do have a beard. That's like half the battle. Yeah. If you want to be a sea of Thieves streamer, you have to have a beard. We're gonna call ourselves uh, DK Vine Beardly. Yeah, or no, we'll we'll be Beardly and Shavely. We'll we'll it'll be, it'll be our gimmick. Oh, like, yeah, like a, a, uh, sort of a pen and teller. Yeah. And then you don't get to, you don't get to talk. And then like every time we get to like, uh, we, we, we hit a milestone for subscribers or what have you, or like people give us tips or whatever. I'll, I'll squeeze one of my ingrown hairs out of my neck. Gross. No. Yeah. We like that. Uh, (laughs) I'll I'll just, I'll just coat the webcam with pus. No, cool. He said that word. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, then then throughout the late summer, so uh, July, August, and September, the Monkey Island Tales came out one at a time, and we will talk about them more in the future. Uh, and then into September, we hit this. Uh, we basically got the news that, or maybe sometime in August, that season ten of Sea of Thieves was not gonna come as soon as we thought it might, uh, which was fine. You know, the content that they had planned for season 10, they were taking longer to do, and uh, they 
pushed it into later into October. And then, you know, the content that they had planned to be season 11 eventually will kind of roll into season 10. So that's what happened uh, with with that. But we did get some little events that I think they kind of like were like, well, if we're not doing any more, if we're not doing season 10, we better we better roll out some some band-aid like events real quick to to keep people doing something so we had a few of those throughout september actually every other weekend yeah i don't remember these they they didn't matter (laughs) (laughs) they didn't they didn't matter they weren't important to us there was legends week legends week had bonuses if you were a pirate legend uh daily challenges you could complete to earn season renown even though we had like maxed out the season back in like (laughs) may uh and then there was this like big community goal like if the whole global community sold a certain number of athena treasures they would uh make the fort of fortune show up more often yeah Yeah. and then there was the wish you were here event which i didn't even show up for I, i slept in that day i was like no you you guys we, play without me. We, we we didn't even do it. No, we we didn't do this. We didn't we didn't do this at all. So this was like a weird event because they partnered with uh, Rough Guides to do the Rough Guides to the Sea of Thieves. This kind of gimmicky non-canon. It, it is non-canon. We've had that confirmed to us. Uh, like travel book for the Sea of Thieves. Uh, written by an actual Rough Guides writer. Um, it's available digitally for free. Um, just kind of a cross-promotional thing. But then they tie that into an event in the game called Wish You Were Here. Uh, and this was a whole lot of busy work. A whole, like, oh, go, go here, do this, do, do this five times, and you'll get uh, cosmetics that will be coming to the game anyway later on. Uh, but you'll just get them early. And we were like, oh, okay, so they're not exclusive. They're not time-limited. All right, well, no thanks. We're not going to do that. So this also coincided with the Monkey Island Tall Tales. And so it was just like, well, what would we rather do? And um, Right. Yeah. And there was a thing of like, uh, like there was like easy challenges and then like, uh, like expert challenges. Yeah. And some of those were like, like like sink five skeleton ships or whatever, which, which is, is just like yeah, it's not up to you. Like those are randomly spawning. Yeah, it's, like, yeah, it's also like megalodons and, and stuff. It's stuff that just like occurs as you sail, but you can't really hunt them down. So right, it was just like no, that's just going to be a lot of time wasted for something that doesn't really matter and. It's like I, I I I get it rare. I see your flop sweat because season ten was delayed even more. I understand, but you know, you don't have to do this. I understand you have to do this because higher ups are telling you you have to do this. But I, I as as your diehard fans, I don't care. Granted, I, I don't have a beard, so you don't you don't listen to me, but you know uh this 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 kind of stuff. It's like that uh thanksgiving tie-in where we had to gobble all the meat and i was like this sucks this 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 is this is the worst uh yeah this time we didn't even engage with it and this was a rarity for us because usually we play along and we're like well let's do it you know but yeah usually they'll tie some exclusive cosmetic and be like 
you know what? Whether you like it or not, if you want this cosmetic, you got to do it. And I think I'm the only guy in the group that is like fully willing to like not get cosmetics. I haven't done a Twitch drop in so long. Yeah. I let those guys go right by my head. You, I don't you, care. You've matured. The Twitch drops come and go. You, you've matured. You've, you've actually uh, evolved in your personal life where you don't need this stuff anymore. Whereas I am still a little, little man baby and I, and I go chasing after everything they throw at me like they dangle their keys above me and i'm like hey, hey, hey. but this is yeah this is this is the one where i was like no no this doesn't not matter and uh you know this was also like shortly after i moved and uh like i was i was exhausted uh demoralized from moving so i did not really like want to play their reindeer games All right yeah, so we didn't do that one. Then the you know talk like a pirate day always happens mid September. They had like a sale in the merch shop or in the pirate emporium. I or did. Something. I did get. I and did then, pick up some emporium stuff with that sale stuff that I had let oh, fall yeah. by the wayside. So I did take advantage of that for once. Nice. That's good. Yeah. I didn't. I it, for me it just came and went because I don't. I don't really buy anything from the emporium. Not often. But, uh, yeah, and then late in September, there was another community weekend, a uh, two-day event. Uh, I think that you guys played it, and I sat out You You did. You, you were, uh, I think you went camping, or you went uh, foraging in the, in the forest or something? Yeah, I don't remember. I do, but, yeah, uh, you don't remember. It was, it was just uh, two weeks ago, but you can't remember what you did with your time. No, um, did, this, yeah, this, this is one of those times where they made Twitch drops available to all Sea of Thieves streamers and not just the, you know, exclusive partners. So the, we, we the could partners, yeah. we could offer Twitch drops. The problem, what happened, though, was they had all these extra incentives thrown in. And they said, you know, if we if, if Sea of Thieves breaks into the top 10 streamed games on Twitch at any point this weekend, we will offer a new Twitch drop on top of everything else. So to do that, though, they had to pull their original Twitch drops and relist them with Twitch. But when they did that, they did not check the box for all streamers. It just became exclusive. It, it was either exclusive to partners or there was some sort of bug where it just wasn't working for a lot of people. So basically, we could not offer the Twitch drops, even though it was promoted that we could. And so I had to quickly change mm. the stream so we weren't um, misleading people and get in trouble with Twitch, even though, you know, Rare told us we would be able to give these out. So it was a debacle on, on our end. And um, I, 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 you know, I, I don't get salty or bitter about this for too long, but when I'm thrown off my game like this, uh, it, it definitely puts a damper on my mental health just because I have so little left in my tank most days that, yeah, wasn't a fan of this one. Yeah, um, well, let's talk about the, the one kind of unique twist they did to it, which was the pop-up plunder, uh, which was on their social media, they would post a map of an island, and you could go there and dig up the treasure, 
there would only be one on each server at this exact spot. So everyone on the server maybe would have to fight for it if, if they were paying attention. Although I imagine probably most people weren't. Uh, but yeah, you'd go to the spot, dig up the treasure, and then you could sell it. And it could it could be a variety of things. Um, and then like it would be done on that server. Like only one treasure got to be dug up. Yeah, we we did do this did, once. You guys partook in that. Yeah, yeah? Uh, we were sailing with Dre, uh, at, and uh, we we did it. And I was like, oh, I really want to do this. I really want to. Do I don't think anybody else was that enthused, but I just wanted to do one. So I felt like I participated. Uh, and and we dug it up, and it was just um, it was just tomes. It was just one of those chests full of tomes, and you know I'd gotten those ages ago, so it wasn't that exciting. But it's it's a cool feature, I guess. A lot of people had fun with this. I I looked around the community, and you know I was like, eh, a lot of nothing, and it's like, oh, this was the best community weekend ever. It's like, oh, okay, I guess I'm just the bitter one. I guess I am just the one. Uh, grumpy old man off in the corner here while while everybody else is having a good time so you know i i i can see the appeal of this i just um i was just tired that day i was just missing my friend jeff yeah i didn't want to do it so, <laughs> so i didn't show up uh you know, and uh, they did a community at the community day at the very beginning of the season like back in march and one of the features of that one was that, like, once the community grade got a certain level or whatever, the ancient skeletons were more frequent to spawn. Like, you're running around the islands and you could get a an ancient skeleton pop up and you kill it. You get the free ancient coins. That's so fun to me. Yeah. Like, the I think that the one of the times that they did that, we got, like, two ancient skeletons in a day. Uh... And I'm just like still buzzing from that. It's like a year later or something. Like it's so much fun to like run into an ancient skeleton. Like that surprise factor of like hearing the kind of different musical cue and that suspenseful, like, oh, what is it? And then the skeleton comes up, he's like, Oh, it's it. And he starts to run away from you. Yeah. And you have to chase him and kill him. He's he's like uh, he's like three Nabbit. ancient coins. He's like Nabbit from the Mario games. I don't know. I didn't play that one. I played um what did I play? I played Mario Tennises. Oh, yeah. I don't think he's in he those. He didn't have a Nabbit on there. Yeah. No, I didn't have that. But uh, I played Mario's Karts. They didn't have him on there. He's in the Mario Kart Tour, but you stopped playing that. I didn't play. Yeah, I quit that one. That one sucked. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. But, you know, uh, I think that the Ancient Skeleton thing was like more appealing to me than the pop-up plunder. Because... Yeah. Even though it was like totally random, it was just exciting. Like if you if you had one pop up, it's every time it happens, it's so exciting. But then for it to be like more frequent for a limited time is just exciting. I don't know. Um, and I, I I can't play eighty hours a day, but yeah, it's free money. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Pop up plunder. Yep. Yep. So that pretty much takes us up to the present day, Jeff, uh, minus the three Legend of Monkey Island Tall Tales, which, of course, we will be discussing on a future episode, because this has already hit implausibly close to the three-hour mark. Didn't expect that to happen on this episode. 
I thought this would be, you know, a 90-minute affair, but it turned out we had a lot to say about nothing. Uh, so We just like to talk to each other. We I do. I, I miss my friend Jeff sometimes, and we talked about bees. We talked about the ozone layer. We talked about O.J. Simpson. A lot of contemporary topics to hit upon. But um, we do have a call to take, Jeff. Uh, I thought we would... Let's we, take a call. I, I know you don't like to talk to people. I know it's an unpleasant experience, but I feel I feel like we should take this call. This has been sitting in the uh, call sack for a bit, just waiting for the opportunity for us to play it. Because I think it will lead us into a little taste of, of maybe season 10 discussion for a future, probably next season of the conversation at this point. But uh, it, it's a good way to kind of segue into the future of Sea of Thieves. All right, let's take the call. This is Jennifer, and I finally worked up the courage to make this call addressing the biggest elephant in the room, I feel, whenever I listen to a lot of stuff on the, of the conversation. I don't like Sea of Thieves, and I want to explain to me why people like it, because, like, it's always online, you're always playing with other people, and, like, I see that as a negative you're playing, I don't like how you're, the fact that you're playing with like these generic avatars that you don't even really get to customize them, and that, like, that's a detriment to me. And also, you know, this one I won't fault the game on, but like first person cameras give me motion sickness. And it's just like, I don't know. I want someone to just tell me why I should like Sea of Thieves. Because, like, modern Rare, especially with, like, and with the trailer for Everwild, also not looking great, modern Rare has really been a big letdown for me. But you guys seem to really like it. And you guys are the biggest Rare fans I know. So, I don't know. Give me a CSE pep talk. Good night. Oh, well, thank you for the call, Jennifer. And and I maybe we can do a see if these pep talk, Jeff. Uh, I don't know how much more pep you have in your step after going nearly three hours. I don't know if you have to be up at five a.m. So uh, you know, ap- apologies I there. Do. Yeah, but uh, yeah, seven I, hours from now. Seven hours from now, right? Um, not as much as people some some people play Sea of Thieves on a given day. That's eighty hours. So, uh, here's why to like Sea of Thieves. Uh, well, step one: if you don't, that's okay. That's okay. That that's is like, okay. That's yeah. like the that's the main like point. I will say right now: if it doesn't appeal to you, if you've tried it and you didn't get into it, if you don't want to try it. If it just doesn't appeal to you, that's okay. Yeah, not it's everybody okay. is going to get into Sea of Thieves. And I, I, that's something I had to accept because I was really jazzed about Sea of Thieves from day one. The day it was announced at E3 2015, I was like, all right, I'm on board with this. This seems like a good compromise to me. It, it allows Rare to kind of step into the modern era, but still in a way that feels quintessentially them. It's a game rooted in their history. It's a game rooted in something that they have fundamentally generally incorporated throughout most of their games from 1994 onward, and even a little bit before that, Pirates. 
right? So I, I was completely excited about it. And, and then I realized that the DK Vine audience needed a little bit of convincing because I was excited about it. And then just people seemed to kind of be cold towards it because it wasn't Banjo-Kazooie or whatever. It didn't star anthropomorphic animals. It was online, a shared world, which is can be a bit intimidating if you're used to these kind of you know, siloed single-player adventures or, or what have you. So I do get that, and I do understand that, and it's not for everybody for sure. However, I will say that if you have tried to get into Sea of Thieves and there have been reasons why it, it didn't click with you, perhaps because the online shared world and the possibility of getting harassed by people in the game um you know bullied or just um you know there, there, this is a fundamental problem that has existed with sea of thieves from the beginning is more experienced players picking off uh, people who are just getting into the game for the first time and basically ruining the the experience from the very start of the game and it just right, puts it's, a ga- a- it's a game about pirates. It's a game yeah. about stealing and getting the treasure and having battles with each other. And then if you're like new, uh, someone else who is better at the game can demolish you and, and steal from you and make you feel like you had no chance and you couldn't defend yourself. You couldn't do anything. And, and that can be really bad, especially on like a first experience or a first time, you know, when you're new and, and learning the game. Absolutely. And, and if you don't have anybody else to play with, if you, if you don't have like, there's safety numbers with this game. It is a lot of fun for me because it's a chance for me to play with my group of friends who live around the world. It's how we hang out. And, you know, we, we have that safety in numbers, so it's it's four versus the world. Um, but if you don't have that, if you're just sailing on a sloop, that can be in- intimidating, disorienting, and unsettling at times, for sure. However, there is, uh, I don't know if it's a fix, but there is a new avenue, a new opportunity for people to get into Sea of Thieves if if that was off-putting to you. And that's coming in later in Season 10, and it's called Safer Seas. Yeah, so Season 10, which will be launching later this month, um, but later at some point in... They're targeting December at the moment. They will be launching a new feature called Safer Seas, which gives you the opportunity when launching into, into the game in Sea of Thieves, whether by yourself or with your f- group of friends on your ship... To go into a world uh, where there are not other players sailing around. Yes. And at the moment, when you enter Sea of Thieves, like you enter a version of the Sea of Thieves world, like one one server instance with the same map as everybody else, all these islands you can go visit. But there will be up to, you know, maybe five other ships around that have other human players, crews crews of players and they might interact with you if you run into them they might be friendly with you they might goof around with you they might be your buddies they might join an alliance you might earn treasure together or they might steal from you they might try to kill you they might 
pretend to be your friend and then kill you. Uh, or they might just chase you and you have to run away and then they chase you for a long time and a lot can happen. Anything can happen. And that, I think for a long time, that was like the key sort of idea behind Sea of Thieves was all about that interaction from one player to another player on different crews. But they are now having that as an option where you can opt out of that and have no other crews around that are strangers. You can play with your friends on your crew, but you don't have strangers around. And then there's like, there's some limitations to what you can do in that mode. Uh, like how far you can progress and how much treasure you earn and everything. Um, but that's like a trade-off where you play yeah. with a higher risk in the reg- in the, in the less safe seas. You get a higher risk, but you get a higher reward. But if you just want to play in a relaxed setting where you don't have that unpredictable factor you will have that option and more more importantly get the feel of the game right like without right. it's, that it's a great threat. place to learn yeah it's yeah. really hard to learn when you get like ransacked and jumped by somebody and you're you're still new but um, you you can also explore the full world of sea of thieves in this siloed experience where it's just you it's just your crew. So I think this will be a, a game changer as far as a bridge to people who have not been able to get into the game. Uh, obviously, it can't solve problems like first-person view making you sick. That's just something that will just continue yeah, to persist. If, you, if, if the game gives you motion sickness, if the game just doesn't appeal to you for any reason in that way... That's okay. It just it, it it won't appeal to you, and and you you don't have to enjoy it. There's a lot of things I enjoy about Sea of Thieves. If you ask the question like, why should I like Sea of Thieves? Uh, being able to play with my friends, like Kyle said, is huge. Although I enjoy playing by myself, I enjoy just the mechanics of the very immersive uh, way that you interact with the ship. Everything in the game is done immersively. It's not done through menus. It's done very first person, very hands on. You know, if you want, if you want the ship to move forward, you have to physically walk to where you man the sails, and then lower the sails or raise the sails, adjust the sails, go to the wheel, physically turn. It's not, you know, nothing. It's all very immersive. There's a lot of great gameplay with the with that, with the immersion and the first person stuff. Um, I like the story. I like the art direction. I like the world. I like the lore. I like the backstory and the setup and the, the, uh, just the mechanics. I like digging for treasure. I like solving riddles. I like the story mechanics. If you're a person who likes story, at this point, there's what? Probably over 40 hours of just story content in the game. Yeah. In addition to this sort of, open world multiplayer game that is never ending quests. There is also just story content and there's a lot of it. So, you know, there's a lot to love, but if you struggle getting into it because of some of those reasons, yeah, hopefully the safer seas mode that comes out, uh, later in the year, later in season 10 will give you a place where you can dabble in the game, dip your toe in the water, learn the mechanics and kind of get a feel for the game without that fear of the multiplayer world impacting your experience. 
And you can also eat all of the worms to your heart's content. And it's okay, even if you're vegan, because the worms are uh, computer digital. They're not real. They're not, they're not, they don't have souls. They're just computer digital. This has been a File 2 production. <laughs> Don't